Well, okay. Uh, I'm Ed Asner, and uh, I'm on the Below the Belt show. It sounds like a low blow to me, but uh, I tried to keep it above board and clean. And uh, the only thing I have to throw into the hopper is my hernia. <laughs> Ed Asner, guys. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, a.k.a. some other unmentionable names. We're back for another incredible show. And uh, let's go ahead and introduce the illustrious panel, if we will. That's right. He is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker. He is also celebrating his anniversary on this illustrious internet radio show slash podcast because he's been through both iterations. Over the years, the one and only Chachi McFly. What's up, Chachi? God, how many years? Yeah, it's been. Uh, can we say twenty years? That's right. August. Yeah, you started 30. when you were like eight. Exactly. Was, how did I you know? 10. I was ten when I started. I was <laughs> a late bloomer. Um, you have my intro for that. You know what? Yeah, I was going to go- get to that. Um, well, Chachi, I thought since it's been, uh, wow, 20 uh, years, that's uh, two decades. That's, oh, my God. Somebody do the math on how many days. But nonetheless, Chachi, uh, I thought it would be cool to play an audio of when you were first introduced on Below the Belt <laughs> Show. Yeah. My very 20 first years ago. show as yes. a co-host. And that was on... August 29th, 2001. I mean, back then, think about it. I mean, the, the Twin Towers were still standing. Yeah, like, we could still crazy. wear shoes to enter a plane. Yeah, yeah. It, you could well, still, only like, for two weeks, roughly. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you could still go to the terminal with your family and, like, you know, see them off, you know, without having right. a ticket. You and know, the, situ- the situation wasn't even our next con yet. <laughs> Love how throwing the reality, reality TV stuff. But uh, let's get to the um, the sound bite, and then we'll introduce the rest of the panel. So here we go. This is Chachi McFly on Below the Belt show, twenty years ago. Yes, it's time once again for everyone to go below the belt. Now entering the studio are our contestants, back 
from his big trip out on the left coast from the great entertainment capital of the world, Hollywood, California. He's the big pimp, the big player, the big motherfucking pimp. <laughs> also in the studio are his tag team partners. Hailing from a state of confusion, it's myself, director of adult entertainment and content, Porno Pete. Also, from a state of dismay, you know him from the exotic country of Yemen. He's the leader of the Mean Street Butchies. He is the HPIC. Joining us in the studio once again from the copper line tanks of the Anheuser-Busch Brewery in St. Louis, Missouri. He is the one, the only beer bitch. And a new addition to the show. We will just call him right now the other member until he properly introduces himself. Hey, don't forget me, man. What about Rookie? Yeah, what about you? Yeah, don't forget me. Yeah, it's time to bring in your host, the big motherfucking perv. That's right, the big perv once again back on the east from the west side. Got to kick it here live. I'm glad to be back. Guys, did you miss me? Hell no. Fans, did you miss me? <laughs> Hell Bring no. back the pussies. Uh, whatever, guys. You know you guys miss me. You all love me. I'll tell you, I got back from a great vacation and ready to get back in the mix with Below the Belt. We have a new co-host joining us today. Speak her name and, and thy piece, please. It is me. It is me. Just shut your big jumper. <laughs> <laughs> King Chachi and Below the Belt will never, ever be the same again. Ah, that's okay. better. <laughs> Very good. We got King Chachi and New Coast joining the Below the Belt staff. All right, guys. Does this mean we can haze him? I'll tell you, with all the Yeah, drinking... what the fuck is this thing? My fucking crown. Come on. <laughs> Chachi's got his <laughs> crown as a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> barely fit in your head, much less probably wouldn't fit in your pants. I think crown. you should wear it during the show. I think I might. <laughs> you need to put it closer to the front of your head, buddy. Oh. <laughs> I think he should put it over his mic. Maybe stick it on it. Maybe stick it on the dashboard of your car while you're riding down the hood. Uh, maybe I'll just your ass. With 16 switches. Well, there you go, Chachi. That's wow. Nostalgia that, for you from the ATV vaults. Who the fuck were all those people on there? So, <laughs> yes. They're all dead let's, now, I think. Let's go ahead and introduce, first of all, the rest of the panel, because we haven't done that yet. And then we'll uh, revert back to that. Starting with, that's right, he is. The man with a calming presence. Impressive. He is the Persian prince of pop culture, and I call him Gen Pop. The one and the only Mike the General Zod. Well, I was not about to miss such a such a momentous occasion <laughs> as um, September first, two thousand twenty-one, because yeah. I've always been all about September first, and. Okay. Uh, no, well, actually, no. It's because I couldn't miss Chachi's anniversary. Oh, all right, he's there been, you go. He's been, he's been like, uh, he's been like my anti-mentor, like <laughs> since I've been on the show. And okay. so, how could I miss that? That means and, a lot, General. Thank you. And last but not least, let's go ahead and introduce the one and only. Hang on, I think I got some music for him. Freedom, there ain't no fucking freedom. That's right, we welcome back to BTB because it's been a minute. 
He is one of the BTB 2.0 originals, right? Right? He is the one and only, the politically incorrect, the king of obscurity, the resident rock star, the one and only Flex back on BTB. You know, it's funny. We're talking about 20 years for Chachi. I think it's probably been 10 or 11 years for me now. Right. Um, As sad as that is. It yes. has to be more than 10 or 11 years, Flex, because you're the one who brought me on. You'd already been on for a few years. and I started years, like, maybe? 2009, maybe? Yeah, that sounds about there. right. Yeah, okay. So, so, um, so, Flex, you're with us since uh, the beginning of uh, BTB Phase 2.0. Yeah. General Zod, you came in a little bit after that uh, yeah. in Phase 2.0. But Chachi and I have been part of BTB since Phase 1 at Honor, yes. Honor Sports and Timonium. And of course, uh, from that sound clip, Chachi, yeah, I mean, myself and you are the last men standing from that original uh, team. Oh, by far, by far. Like, yeah. Um, most of those guys never made it to um, 2.0. You know, R- we rookie's were all... been on a few times. We had the rookie, rookie, rookie we has... had Chunk Shady. Shady yeah, yeah, Chunk Shady's been on a few times. But uh, yeah, for the most part, uh, yeah, Chachi. And, and that show was a very different show because we didn't have to worry about SJWs. Um, we didn't have to worry about, um, you know, uh, the sheep or, or, or anyone that could be easily offended. But of course, the show's evolved. Well, it's a very it was different back show in the back 70s, then. so that was before all that stuff happened. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was but a very it's different funny. show. I mean, you all had much better nicknames back then, I think, about like pervs and pussies and all this kind of stuff. Like, it was, <laughs> it was a, definitely a different, different world, you know. I, you know, I still use, I still use BP. Yeah, you, you should. Know, you I don't. Be, I don't tell. I don't tell people what it means, but I still call you BP all the time. That's quite all right. I mean, BP was the the, the name that I've acquired from uh, Phase 1.0 BTB, which has since been retired due to, um, you know, we're moving towards uh, a more uh, sensitive climate, so to speak. You know, um, where people can be held accountable. So yeah, obviously, things have to evolve. Even, even like Howard Stern has evolved. I mean, you can't call. Um, Howard Stern Eric, was Eric a pussy the, from the beginning. Well, he used to have Eric the Midget. Now he's Eric the Actor. He used to have Wendy the Retard. Now it's just Wendy, you know, another Nick. Wendy the, the, the insane. He's whatever. been a pussy the whole time. Yeah. So, the you slow know, adult. The slow adult. There yeah, you go. That's the name. So, but yeah, <laughs> like I can't believe I joined that show 20 years ago um, this week. Um, and, you know, I... Could never imagine all the riches that would be bestowed upon me <laughs> for joining that. You know, all the the celebrity status. You know, all the um, yeah, that's true. You know, Lots all the status. all the females that we've gotten from this this great gig that we have here. <laughs> it's really amazing. Twenty years of my life was was really hey, well well spent. You, you rubbed some elbows with a lot of celebrities over the yes, years. Yes, yes. But I remember <laughs> you telling me in an email when I first started how you know. How we were just gonna go, um, you know, the sky was the limit, you know, and we we definitely hit the sun here. Like, so, so what do you call? What do you call the BTV groupies? What do you call them? Belt fasteners or? Oh, they uh, were the honeys of the month. Oh, uh, the honeys. No, of the we month. call them. We call them imaginary. <laughs> because, <laughs> because this yeah, show, but, like, but the honeys, the honeys of the month did make it to 2.0. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Honeys of the month is definitely before my time. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> yeah, we used to have these models. We used to like go to the studio and like they would um 
We had a photographer, Justin Price. He would shoot models. We had another photographer that would shoot models in the studio. We'd have strippers come by. I mean, it was a body, total body painters. Body painters. Uh, yeah, yeah strippers would give lap dances, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was a different time. It was kind of like the show that we have now, but it, it was fun. You can tell about the intro how excited we all sounded. We were young and full of life. Now we're just like old and bitter. It's <laughs> <laughs> a totally different show. You know, but wow. I'm happy that we're still around, you know, like you every, day still ab- around? every day above ground is a good day, I guess you could say, you know, and absolutely, like, um, we made a lot of good friendships on the show over the years. And like, we, you know, I'm, I, I could care less about a lot of friends. We have, I mean, years, I, I could um, care less about um, general, but I'm really happy to see Flex come out of hiding, you know, just for this <laughs> special occasion. Because that means a lot for Flex to come out of hiding. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, like we I only said, have the anti-mentor. <laughs> Sadly, we only have Flex for roughly about 15 minutes, would you say, Flex? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, we got, uh, sorry, I'm going to check my watch. Uh, <laughs> but we don't have Flex for the entire show, but but we, 15, we had 15, to bring him back. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, but okay. it was funny that during my intro there, we had technical difficulties with my, my microphone, and here it is like 20 years later that we still have the same difficulties. Technical so. difficulties, right? Yeah, yeah, so it's like, I'm glad that they see that, you know, some things have never changed. So cringeworthy. I'm listening to that going, shit, these guys, these guys are supposed to be pros at this point. Oh, my God, <laughs> you, you'd think so, you'd think so. Well, this is like, now 3.0 phase for BTB, which is the virtual phase. It's really, in reality, it's like 19.0. We've been doing okay. so long, yes. <laughs> like... You know, it's, if you think about it, it's only been three BTB venues, yeah. Honor, Honor Sports, WNBC, and virtually. So, and then, you know, and we kept the website and um, appearances going throughout the two-year hiatus that we were not on the air. You know, this website was still updated. You know, we had um, different like meeting groups, like celebrity uh, meeting greets that we yeah. during that time. Absolutely, so, we kept the brand alive, and it's still alive today. And this uh, month will be this month will be 21 years for Blow the Belt. You know, Blow the Belt could legally drink this month. Oh, shit. Right? <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know. Depressing that we take Blow the Belt show out for a night on the town and get him some drinks. I think that's uh, in order, obviously. Actually, my birthday's yeah. coming up, so that, that could be very, very well fitting. But you tell with the intro, nothing has changed. Like Al's still plugging his trips out, you know, from the, <laughs> from the West Coast. Right. That's so, actually like, your true. 20 years that, later, that's nothing has changed. changed. <laughs> well you guys if you heard the opening promo that was a late great ed asner who we interviewed oh, yeah. um and sadly had passed away this week um a legend in hollywood at 91 years old and uh cantankerous and funny and uh we will miss ed asner we'll miss koki we'll miss um so many people that have been in our lives from the past 20 years on the show you know um, yeah, whether so it's been a guest wrestlers that we had on that have passed away yeah you know, celebrity guests i mean especially like a lot of wrestlers that we had like a ton absolutely passed away over the years i mean we and this is why we do it we get these interviews why these um people are still alive and full of life and we um can archive them and you know it's like a special thing to be able to get you know some great interaction with people that you know absolutely you never know you know when they could be gone so it's great that we were able to um have done this for so long with all these great yeah. guests yeah but uh, yeah, but uh, since we don't have much time with Flex, I guess we can just kind of pivot and uh, shine the spotlight a little bit on Flex. And, and he loves the spotlight. Um, although we didn't, we didn't really focus on Flex when he joined us last time. Of course, that was a memorial for the great 
the late great Koki, who's no, yeah. no longer with us. But uh, Flex, it's good, it's good to see you back on BTB. It's always good to get back on. I, I do love the virtual format, you know. Um, it's it's definitely something I was pushing BP to do six, yeah. seven years ago. Okay. Well, we're finally um, here. It's good to see it now. But, you know, life life changes, life happens, and I just can't do it as often. So, right. unfortunately. But the fact that you're here is is fantastic. Do you have any uh, albums dropping or projects to plug, Flex? I know that you no. know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I do. Once in a while, I do this uh, – this, uh, online radio show called btb i want to okay. give a shout out to those guys okay king chachi king chachi's been around for a bit king chachi it's, yes you know so no no like reboot of sweet valley high or anything no no sweet valley high reboots no okay. uh no uh no b movies that i'm filming at roger corman okay. studios roger no. corman studios <laughs> that go straight to cinemax ah <laughs> uh, it was good stuff it was good stuff it was back good i'm I, I, I can't wait to to actually see that film maybe you'll have a screening party one time flex and uh sometime you can see yeah. that roger corman film that you appeared in oh uh, but you know what who you know who's got the spotlight nowadays is is mike the general zod flex really? did you know that mike the general <laughs> zod is enrolled in imp- you've you have enrolled in some improv classes yeah what? yes general zod yes indeed i did i um thought that uh you know, more people needed to see my particular brand of, of comedy. So, yeah, I uh, I joined a joined an improv class. And Sweet. yeah, it's a, it's been it's been a fun little way to uh, to pass the time. And yeah, it's a, it's been kind of cool. We have our first showcase in like three weeks. Nice. So so I think it's going to be online, so it'll be on YouTube. So uh, I'll send out the link. Okay. Well, for those of us that can make it in person, we'll try. If not, mm-hmm. uh, for those uh, not in the DMV, like uh, Flex, can uh, also view uh, oh. General's performance. I, I don't know if you guys know this or not. And I'm going to drop this right now. But uh, uh, did you all did you all hear about uh, the General's 48 hour film fest <laughs> go, going campy? Going yeah, campy. We actually want, we we we've talked about that on the show. Oh, we did. Okay. Back at WNBC, uh, uh, General, and uh, I think now that you've taken these improv classes, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think there you might have to make a uh, return to the in front of the camera. Yeah, so, make make a return onto the silver screen because it yeah. was on it was on the big screen. It was it yeah. was quite surreal seeing my big ass face on that giant screen yeah. at the Charles Theater. Yeah, and. Yes. Uh, so yeah and now, now that you have some training in improv maybe that could mm-hmm. you know, benefit from going um, campy to electric boogaloo yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> that's great yeah because when i think of general i think of funny so they, it's great that you're taking these classes <laughs> hopefully they're not just improv hopefully they're improved also oh, wow. like, i'm you excited to see anchorous. those it might be, yes we'll yeah. have to... i'm like older than ed, ed asner at this point <laughs> but yeah man but yeah an incredible show we have from top to bottom guys i mean whether we're reminiscing about the past talk about everything in entertainment um we have some entertainment coming on a little later in the program with our celebrity guest actor alan maldonado who can be in the scene <clears throat> in the stars drama series based on pro wrestling called heels have you guys um, yeah. had a chance to check that show out yet? I've seen three episodes, and I'm ready to talk about it, General Zod. Okay. I, 
Alan Maldonado is a second-time BT call and guest overall, three-time BTB guest because we did an in-person with him at Sundance. So Alan Maldonado back on BTB. Um, we're supposed to have him on last week, but he was scheduled for this week. We're happy to have him. And, of course, at the end of the program, Chachi McFly's amazing interview with animator Tom Cook. This is the guy that animated pretty much all of our childhoods. He did the Smurfs. He did Masters of the Universe, Super Friends, Hanna-Barbera. The list goes on and on. So it's a little bit uh, of an artist spotlight on Below the Belt show at the end of the program, along with my interview with uh, glamour artist Todd Napier, who's known to do sexy pinup art. Um, you've never seen Smurfette the way Todd Napier draws oh, God. Oh. Smurfette. So, uh, I've, we been, to- I've been seeing it every night. <laughs> Smurfette. Yeah, I haven't seen Smurfette drawn that way. Um, we're going to talk to both artists in on great in-person interviews from Awesome Con. We're happy that the in-person cons are back. So, but um, if uh, Flex has a few minutes, if you wanted to kind of um, shift gears to a little bit going on in the world five, of entertainment, I got, I got five minutes. Five minutes. Okay, we'll do about five minutes of Flex time. Make uh, on the entertainment uh, uh, report. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, that's Benji and Joel, guys. Good Charlotte. Maryland's own on BTB. And uh, one of the pop punk pioneers, right? I know that you have a pity on punk punk music, uh, Flex. So, <laughs> sure. hey, I, I will say those guys, you know, even if they became pure MTV and married into Hollywood royalty, um, those guys got their start. One of the venues they used to play was a place called My Brother's Place down in Waldorf, Maryland. Yep, that's where and, they're from, Waldorf. Yep. And uh, I'll tell you, they, I got to play that venue as a regular gig about once every month, month and a half, uh, from like the 2001 to 2003, 2004 timeframe. And they brought in such a crowd that even after they had made it and they were playing massive venues, the crowds that came to this place, it was a Christian youth center. And you didn't have to be a Christian band to play there, but you had to be a clean act. And uh, that was it. And it was an old restaurant in in a home. So it's a big home that was converted into a restaurant and then converted into this youth center. And parents would drop off in minivans, like five to 10 kids, because they were comfortable with this venue. And it would be packed with between 300 and 500 kids every night you played there. And they would all come there and spend money, buy your T-shirts, buy your CDs, if you can recall what those were. And, uh, it, you know, <laughs> they would walk around, come back to gigs with your shirts on. It was a blast. And I will say it probably would never have been that much of a scene if it had not been for a good Charlotte starting that venue off. Wow. Those are very great words and good history with the band. And uh, yes, they did marry into Hollywood. That's a very, very good point. One of them. I bet you some of those shirts um, go for some money now, I bet. Oh, they're vintage, man. Vintage. Yeah. 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 So Joel um, is married to Nicole Ritchie, who's Lionel Ritchie's daughter. And then Benji's married to Cameron Diaz. So, as you know, they wow. 
they've certainly went the Hollywood route. So, um, but yeah, just a couple things in, in movies, man. I know Chachi, you were very excited about Top Gun Maverick, I the was. sequel to Top Gun. Um, apparently it's going to be pushed to 2022. Um, due to, for, for whatever reason, Paramount rather, um, feel that the COVID-19 variant is going to F with the, the box office. So they're thinking, let's push it to 2022 now, but we were supposed to get these movies this year, like later this year, you know? Um, well, originally last year. Originally last year, of course. For, yeah, right. Yeah. And now it was supposed to be this year, and now again it's going to go to 2022. Not only Top Gun Maverick, but Mission Impossible 7 and Jackass Forever. Um, all three of those films will be pushed uh, to 2022, sadly. <laughs> Well, Just a question: yeah. Is are there are movie theaters around these days? I, yes. Or I mean, a lot of stuff is just going straight to like Amazon, right? Uh, well, yeah, a lot of them streaming platforms. Netflix gets uh, their own exclusive movies. Um, so HBO yeah. Max. A lot of um, a lot of those movies like have a like, very limited theatrical release for like a couple weeks before they go on to uh, the streaming services. With the exception, it's- general of HBO Max. Yeah, now, they have the big Warner Brothers movies <clears throat> that they have simultaneous releases, and that's been kind of hurting the box office. Yeah, Disney I Plus don't think it's doing the same thing as well. Yeah, they're not. I don't think they're they're, they're planning on ending that soon, though, aren't they? I thought in twenty twenty two they're going to stop with the simultaneous releases. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like, we'll get to see a few more, like Dune, which I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward yeah, to. I mean, but we all were ready to play, you know, be playing with the boys for you know Top Gun two. You know, the most <laughs> that's infamous, Maverick. The most infamous scene <laughs> from the first movie. Oh, um, the volleyball and, scene. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so, um, what was it, '86 that came out? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm I, proud to I say guess, I've never seen that movie. You never did, really. You've never seen no. Top Gun. Wow. No. Well, it's such like a it's absolutely such like a proud to be an American movie. I'm actually yeah, surprised right? you've never <laughs> seen it. Yeah. Well, Tachi, if you didn't know, CinemaCon, which is a festival for upcoming releases, showed some of the um, the attendees some exclusive footage of Top Gun. We are going to get a, a, a theme of soon. And, uh, sorry, we're going to get a new trailer soon. However, the the film opens uh, with a sequence of fighter jets taking off in a beautiful hue of yellow and orange, shot to the classic Top Gun theme, Danger Zone. So Danger Zone will be coming back. The theme. Yeah. Um, then it cuts to Tom Cruise's Maverick and an airplane hangar in the Mojave Desert where he gets on a Kawasaki and rides to the airbase, only to be told they've been ordered to stand down on their latest test flight. Cruise gets into the jet, wanting to hit Mach 10, and puts on what looks like a space helmet. And then he says, all right, sweetheart, one last ride. Indeed, he takes off into the Earth's atmosphere, going so fast in his fighter jet that he is the fastest man alive. Um, yeah, so just a little bit of the description of what you can see in the opening minutes yeah. of... I'm, I'm, I'm still shocked that Flex has never seen Top Gun. I mean, it's actually a really good yeah. movie. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not into the, the mainstream stuff. Is there mainstream stuff that I have watched? Sure, of course. But I, I don't go out of my way to watch anything mainstream. You hate anything I, mainstream, like even I Aussie, do. right? I do. We've gone over this before. Koki yes. used to say this. Koki used to say this. <laughs> Um, well, I think you make an exception for um, for dystopian stuff like the Hunger Games. Yeah, but ever since uh, you know 
she's come out and made made <clears throat> ridiculous statements. I refuse to even acknowledge that. I read the books. I read the books. Okay. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah. So, so I, I'd read the books again. But uh, yeah, I like dystopian stuff. But you know what okay. sucks is I've seen those damn um, trailers for Mission Impossible and especially for Jackass. Cause I, I see a lot of movies in the theaters still. That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm sick of these um, trailers, but now. They, uh, it's postponed another year. I want to see these trailers even more and longer. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm sick of it. It's like, get these movies out and over with. You exactly. Know? Uh, let's see. CinemaCon also sh- uh, showed a sneak peek. Plus, of plus for Jackass, you don't need to see Jackass on the big screen, honestly. For all the movies, Top Gun, yes, definitely need to see that on the big screen. Sure. But, but Jackass, you don't need to see um, like Johnny Knoxville's nuts. Like, right. Know, <laughs> stories tall. That's a very you good point. Um, Jurassic World Dominion. Um, they dropped some new footage for CinemaCon as well, which, as you know, we'll see the original cast, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum, with the new cast, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. So that's kind of like a, yeah, I, I love that crossover. It ties in the original trilogy of Jurassic Park films, and then you know how I love things that tie together, so that's that's very, very cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a great documentary on... Um... On Val Kilmer, I believe it's on Amazon, but it's it's his own like home movie footage that he has filmed over the years. Yeah, Real it's called Val. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's um, basically he can barely talk now because he had um throat cancer. Yeah. So he talks like kind of like um I guess with a voice box type of thing. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, he's going through and it has his son narrating a lot of the um more recent stuff but then he's shown like behind the scenes footage from top gun and from like you know a lot of his old um movies it's really really a good documentary yeah i'm actually curious how they're going to handle his character in the new top gun movie are they going to go with a voiceover actor are they going to address his voice issue in the top because he's in it he's credited i mean how long is he how long has he had those voice issues oh several years already i actually met him in new york because brigetta was Helping him with his tour, and he had, he had uh, you know had that issue then, and that was probably I'd say three to four years ago, roughly. Okay. Yeah, so. I saw some kind of article that it, they um, this company made this technology where where basically they took um, I guess sound bites from him from over the years yeah. and was able to um, you know have kind of the voice box have his natural voice, you know. Oh, so it's having, so like, it's kind of like a. Voice. It's kind of like a Siri, you know, where they had the the Siri voice actress had to um, pretty much speak almost every word in the dictionary. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's like that. Yeah. So like they um, and I'm not sure if he's actually using it yet or not, but it, it sounds like pretty cool technology, especially, you know, for someone that, you know, was so talkative like Val Kilmer was, you know, back mm-hmm. in the day, you know, like like showing him like behind the scenes on Tombstone and all these great movies, you know, I mean, and and also Batman Forever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, sadly, we have to say goodbye to our resident rock star Flex. Oh, already. Uh, I'm sorry I was brief tonight, but I'm glad I got to see you guys. Um, yeah, thanks congrats, for coming on. Yeah, congrats, Chachi, on your 20 years. Congrats, BP, on 20 plus years. Congrats, congrats, the general on 10 plus years. Yeah. You know, it's it's good to have this to always come back to the BTB family. Yeah. No matter where, no matter where we are in this country, in this world. No matter what's going on, we can always come back to the BTB family. So I love it. The core, yeah. And of course, being virtual, we'll hope to see Flex sooner than later. You got it. Thank All you, right, guys. All right, take, Thank care. take care. Give Peace. our best to Miss Mrs. Flex. Will do. Awesome. Later. Right. Peace.
That was the resident rock star flex. The politically incorrect. Um, but let let's uh, co- uh, continue with the movie discussion, guys. They just dropped a final trailer for No Time to Die. This this movie again is another movie that's been pushed and pushed and pushed because of the pandemic. But looks like we're finally going to see this damn film <laughs> uh, on October eighth <laughs> in the U.S. So anyone get a chance to check out the the latest and greatest trailer of Daniel Craig's fifth and final uh, return as Bond. Um, look pretty exciting, you know, a typical uh, Bond, um, you know, film. But I, I think it's going to be accentuated by Rami Malek. He's mm-hmm. a fantastic actor um, and he uh, is in this this film. So something to check out. Trailer just dropped for uh, Kristen Stewart's um, portrayal of Princess Diana in the new movie called Spencer. Um, and a lot of people uh, are just in awe with the uncanny resemblance that Kristen Stewart has of of of, um, of Princess Diana. I mean, and after watching the trailer, I have to admit, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think it might have been more than the hairstyle, but she really captured the look of um, Princess Di. Not only that, um, looks like she did a very very proper British accent, which surprisingly with all the British actresses they could have chosen to portray this role, it chose an American actress in Kristen, which I think is kind of odd because it's usually Good. the English. Good. They steal our jobs all the time. Yeah. It's the English that are portraying <laughs> yes. Americans all the time. Like a Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, like most of the walking dead. Cast, walking dead. You know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> You know, it's good to see that. <laughs> whenever, whenever I think of Americans portraying British people, I always think of Kevin Costner and Robin Hood. And, like, and that's one of the worst ones, isn't and it? And that's what, and that is absolutely one of the worst ones. But, <laughs> but I can't, like, like I'm trying to think of like an American who played a like a British person really, really well. Um, and none's coming to mind. I'm sure. Well, Peter Dinklage did an adequate job. I, I would say John Lithgow in The Crown. Was probably okay yeah that's that's fair both the both of them peter dinklage it, it kind of slipped his american accent slipped uh every once in a while but it wasn't it you know he's he's a jersey guy you know? yeah and um, technically i mean westeros isn't britain i mean westeros yeah isn't, that's so. a good point yeah. that's a very yeah, good point right. because they yeah. had scottish they had irish they had <laughs> yeah so that makes sense so chachi i know you're a fan of uh actors from the goonies but martha plimpton is in a new movie called mass which is going to have a limited theater release starring along with jason isaacs and dowd um from um what's that show called handmaid's tale and reed bernie and this is interesting because pretty much the entire movie are the four actors they play a two they play two different couples where one of the sons shot and killed the other son and they're dealing with that aftermath in a room. Very dramatic. Um, you know, the school shooting and once, you know, uh, discussing school, the school shooting. And um, sadly, the parents dealing with the death of their son at the hands of the son of, you know, of you know, the other parents that are in the room. So a lot of drama. The trailer was pretty powerful. Looks like they're really like going for the punch for some really good acting in this uh, in this okay. film. Nice. So I'm happy she's getting work. Martha Plimpton is is her and Josh Brolin are just killing it. They're still getting a lot of work. And Sean Astin actually, the three of them, doing really well. 
Um, let's see. So, yes, Candyman, the sequel to the horror classic, was the top of the box office. And uh, I don't even have to ask Chachi if you watched it, but Chachi, if you're ready for your Candyman review. I did not see it. Oh, my God, you did not see it. Okay. No, no. Okay, I thought you were going to... I've heard bad reviews about it, so like I didn't want to see it. That's such a shame. I mean, well, I love like. Did you like the original? I did like it. Yeah. Yeah, the original's a phenomenal movie. I really, really like that a lot. It's and co-written by Jordan Peele. Too. I know. It's like Jordan Peele can usually do no wrong when it comes when it to comes to horror, right? Yeah. I mean, Get Out and Us. I mean, he's been yeah. doing great with that. And then I don't, the, I don't get Nia it. Like the um, directed. It's supposed to be like a sequel to the original Candyman, but yeah. Correct. From the trailer I've seen, like Candyman dies in a different way than he died in the original, so that makes no sense to me. Well, that that will probably be addressed in um, when you watch it, I'm sure. Maybe. Um, but um, yeah, the run-up spot is Free Guy, Ryan Reynolds, of course, Paw Patrol the movie. Uh, of course, that's one of my nephew's favorites. Uh, the number three movie, Jungle Cruise number four, and Don't Breathe two, rounding up the top five, and of course. This weekend, guys, Shang-Chi yes. is coming out. Marvel's mm-hmm. second film post-pandemic, I guess, right after Black Widow. So we're really looking forward to it. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to see it this weekend, all of us. Yeah. So talk about it. Yeah. There um, really isn't that much <clears throat> hype for it, though. It's kind of surprising. Like, there isn't. Yeah. Like, yeah and it's not uh, as much as Black Widow. Not as much excitement. I still think it would be a very integral part of the the franchise, introducing Shang-Chi. Aquafina is amazing. She's such yeah. a great comedic well, actress and, and great drama actress as well. So it's probably it's probably because this is the first time they have a character that really nobody outside of like really nerdy comic fans really know knew who who he is. And nobody, nobody besides um general. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, but then again, I mean, because I know like you can kind of see it like they wanted to, uh, you know, they wanted to diversify the Marvel Universe a lot more and to, you know, reach the the Chinese market. Exactly. Yeah. And. and, Well, yeah, they did it with Black Panther, which is a majority um, black and African-American cast. But there Um, was a ton of hype for Black Panther before it came out. That's right. And 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 then again, I mean, Black Panther appeared in Civil War too, so I think that's probably a lot of it too. But yeah, that's so. very true. And this is pretty much our first look at mm-hmm. Shang Chi. So yeah, and don't forget to stay um, stay for the end credits. You know, Marvel always like to throw those in, but I don't have any news on what the end credits would entail. But I'm sure it's pretty integral to. The uh, timeline of MCU. So. Well, they did. They did reveal that there is a um, there is a cameo from an actor from a, really from a, of a character from a previous MCU movie. Oh yeah. Appears. I mean, it's fitting. I don't know. I don't think it's a spoiler because. Okay. Like, yeah, I, know, I wasn't aware it, of this, but please, please tell us. Well, uh, you know how um, Shang Chi's father is supposed to be the the Lord of the Ten Rings, and the Ten right. Rings was the uh, you know the same terrorist organization that um, fought Iron Man in like you know that had like imprisoned Iron Man in the first Iron Man movie, and then in Iron Man two, you know was run by the was pretended to be run by the Mandarin. Mm, okay. So Ben Kingsley is reappearing as his character from Iron Man. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they, okay. they, made, it, 
that, that was written in a, in a bunch of reviews, so I'm okay, assuming cool. it's not a huge spoiler. It's not a huge spoiler, but yeah, the critics' reviews are out, and they're they're pretty much overwhelmingly positive. So yeah, because they're they're so. saying Chang Chi's father is supposed to be the real Mandarin, the the one that Ben Kingsley was pretending to be. Yeah, I'm happy you told me because I'd be watching it and I'd be like, who the hell is this guy? Like I wouldn't remember. Yeah, you said from Iron Man one, you said he was in Iron Man two. Two, God, it's like who remembers yeah. that movie? <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's all tied in together i don't have too much marvel news but um oh my bad it's actually iron man 3 it's iron man 3 not okay, iron man. okay that's different then yeah yeah not too much marvel <laughs> news other than the fact that rachel lee cook recently revealed that she was offered the role of rogue in x-men but she actually turned it down she said she did not want to work with the green screen and as you know that role uh ended up going to anna paquin who did a fantastic job anyways, but... Uh, Do you think that made her career, though, Anna Paquin? No, like? I would say True Blood made her career. Yeah. Um, But Rachel Lee Cook, it might have gotten a lot more, you know, serious, you know, acting roles after, mm-hmm. you know, if she did do that. Um, But, yeah, she was just talking about in a recent interview. Um, But um, news over on DC, uh, they just releases released some images from the set of um the flash movie which is in production now yeah and as you know michael keaton will be reprising his role as bruce wayne batman after a 30-year absence so yeah so now we're of course we're talking about you know the multiverse within the dceu um and um i'm so excited about that um that he's gonna be in it you know playing Batman yeah? again and i, okay. I really think I think it's going to lead to a new um, Batman movie with Michael Keaton. You think so? Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very popular scene. You know, it's really? probably going to be short, but I think you, you, you think, know we might get. I mean, they, they're really focusing on these three Robert Pattinson Batman movies. It doesn't matter for um, DC; they'll do whatever's going to make them money. They don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, like you know, it yeah, it really shouldn't matter because yeah, you have Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, and yet like Jared Leto was in the the Justice League Snyder cut as the Joker. Right. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah. So Michael Keaton said that uh, said it was weirdly and ironically easy to portray batman again he said yeah, it was a bit a, emotional that's his that's his third super character well yeah. i mean technically that was his first one but it's, right yeah. he says just a rush of memories without giving anything away which i can't basically the first shot not the entire movie um let's just say the introduction of batman is so good that when we walked on and started talking about a couple of shots and angles I went, whoa, this is big. This is great. So basically didn't reveal anything. It was just happening. I'm actually a little surprised because if they were doing the Flashpoint story from DC Comics. That's right. They are. Yeah. Like Bruce Wayne isn't Batman in that. It's Thomas Wayne, who's Bruce's father, who survived okay. her universe. So they, they might not be uh, yeah, adapting it to a T. They might be. Yeah. Well, the, well I was thinking because because Michael Keaton's a little older, you know, it would make sense that he was Thomas Wayne instead of okay. Bruce interesting yeah but as far as what i'm reading he's 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 portraying bruce uh bruce wayne for sure yeah and you know they came close to making a third um batman movie um Mm -hmm. you know back in the 90s with uh, michael keenan but then when um tim burton left tim burton yeah tim burton like got let go actually or was told to leave or whatever um Mm -hmm. then michael keenan bowed out yeah Mm -hmm. 
And uh, we're going to get a DC fan. They wanted a more cartoonish um, Batman, and Tim Burton didn't want to do it. And yeah, we were the no, Joel I... Schumacher. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are gonna see um some Batman, um more Batman footage. Uh Robert Pattinson's Bat Pattinson version, that is. As a part of DC fandom, this is the virtual event catered to the DC uh, EU enthusiasts. Uh October sixteenth, so mark your calendars. Yeah. We're gonna see a new trailer for the Batman. We're going to see um behind the scenes of Aquaman and Lost Kingdom, Zachary Levi, Shazam, Fear of the Gods, um, and of course The Flash. So um, lots of good stuff. Are they announcing any Black Adam stuff? Oh yeah, Black Adam for sure. Black Adam is going. They're going to have more on Black Adam. They're going to have more on the Peacemaker series on Uh HBO Max. Um, Yeah, and I I really enjoyed the Fandom um, event from uh, 2020. So I look forward to checking out more uh, to see yeah. what else because DCU is trying to make a big comeback, you know. So yeah, I have no desire um, yet to see the new Batman movie. Like, it might okay. be good or whatever, but it's like it's just been done so many times, and there's so many. They just keep bringing all these different Batmans in, like throughout the years. Well, one yeah, of the, they have. One of, the, one of the things with those, like, you can do a lot of different types of stories with Batman, and. The one thing that looks interesting, well, besides like the fact that I'm a big Robert Pattinson fan after I saw the the Lighthouse. Twilight. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so good in the Lighthouse that it like I've actually never he's seen a, any of the He's a good actor. And he gets a bad rap because of Twilight, but a lot of people haven't seen his other work. Yeah. You know? But like, I think it'd be just fine. But the the one thing that looks interesting about it is it's for the first time they're they're doing like a like they're making it seem like a detective story like you know because Batman started in detective comics and he was supposed right. to be the greatest detective and they're going it it looks like they're going in that direction instead of like uh, just slam bang superhero action so I mean that that look makes it look kind of interesting to me yeah. And, it does. Uh, let's see. Jungle Cruise is getting a sequel. Speaking of Black Adam, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, because it did so well at the box office. Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt will be back for another adventure. Um, <clears throat> Disney sees dollar signs. They do. They see dollar signs because they're now officially rebooting The Rocketeer. Oh, Jesus. So, <laughs> yes. David and You didn't Jessica. like the first Rocketeer? I thought, I thought that was such a fun movie. Yeah, I liked it, but I don't need a reboot of it. This will be a reboot, yeah. So David Oliolo is actually producing the Disney reboot. Interesting oh, yeah. that he'll be producing it. Um, the, um, well, is it? It's 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 like they, you know, they're rebooting it the same way they would reboot Batman or Spider Man or whatever. I mean, yeah, it's, it's Disney, so the main new actor is going to be Irish. <laughs> is, that, is that right? I, I well, I mean. Um, do I even? I guess that they're still in the early pre-production yeah. phase. I guess they. I mean, well, all we know are the producers right now. Um, but um, I mean, you know, it would be great to see Jennifer Connelly come back. You know, you know, she she was amazing, and Timothy Dalton and some of the original cast. But because it's a reboot, um, we'll just have to wait and see who they announce for the cast for that film. Um, first images have been released for Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. I'm looking forward to checking that out. Looks like a cool film. Mila Jojovich, of course. She's 
the um yeah she's the queen of the resident evil film franchise so she's going to be back at it for another one and speaking of comic book uh rather um <laughs> video game turn movies Mortal Kombat, as, as you know, they're going to be working on the sequel for the uh, the first film that we saw. And Chachi, you sent me this. Uh, you sent me this that Joel McHale is actually rooting for Mike the Miz Mizanin to land the role of Johnny Cage. Yeah, uh, which is interesting because looking at the the Mortal Kombat movie, they didn't cast like the A-listers. So, so they it's a franchise that can do well at the box office. You don't necessarily have to have those A-listers, but the Miz. You know, even though his gimmick's the A-lister, you know, it's it would still be great to see the Miz in that role. Um, of course, the Miz is the one that spearheaded that, and if I, I think just Joel McHale um, pretty much just supported, um, you know, Miz and ca- being cast as that role. Um, but um, yeah, he said he's perfect. I think he looks great. He looks the part, and I've interacted with him a few times. He's really nice. I think the guy can do it. Blah blah blah. So. Um, Let's see some more movies in production, guys. We've got a couple of uh, horror films. Um, one is called um, Cuckoo. It's the latest C- film from Lou's director, Tillman Cocoon? Singer. Cuckoo. The oh, sound okay. a, a bird makes, I guess. Uh, I thought you were saying it's a Cocoon um, remake. Definitely not Cocoon. Um, but Hunter Schaefer from Euphoria, John Malkovich, Gemma Chan. Sophia Batella are set to star. And this one, the plot is being kept under wraps. Um, new Expendables movies in the works with uh, Jason Statham and Sylvester Stallone. Megan Fox is joining this next film. Pretty awesome. Along with 50 Cent. Uh, 50 Cent will be joining. Tony Ja. Um, so, yeah, they're adding... Uh, the amazing Megan Fox is this film, so should be uh, one to watch. Um, it, it's got to be fun movies for those actors to do. Like, just all getting together, hanging out, and like they really don't care how the movie turns out. They just want to like be on the set for like a few months together. Yeah, and these are a lot of your just your favorite action heroes. Yeah, it's one over over the years. Yeah, you, are you a fan of the Expendables movies, Chachi? I like them. I like them. I mean, like I said, it's nothing that I ever watched multiple times or right even remember it's not not back to the future yeah it's just fun seeing like all those people together i mean it it really like if it would have been like in the 80s that they all got together like that it would have been like mind-blowing right but it's still fun to see now like like, yeah if you were to see if you were to see like um schwarzenegger and stallone and like bruce willis and all these people together in the 80s would be like oh my god it would have been one of the biggest movies of all time back then yeah so yeah interesting like how 50 cent is you know, become quite a successful actor. And same with Common. Uh, Common, the rapper, will star and produce a film called The Faith of Long Beach, an upcoming boxing film, I guess, in the uh, spirit of uh, Creed, I guess. Um, this is from the creator of Snowfall, Eric um, Amadio. Um, too bad um, Flex logged off. So he could, he could have called him Half Dollar like he normally would. Half Dollar, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see, a new thriller with Diane Kruger and Ray Nicholson called Out of the Blue um, is in production. Uh, the filmmaker who did The Wicker Man and In the Company of Men. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically just a, your typical thriller where um, a man's life is transformed into a thrilling fantasy world 
thanks to Kruger's character, he plunges headlong into an adulterous affair. Um, uh, yeah, so there you go. That there's that. <laughs> um, let's see. We also have um, um, a new movie from the director of The Card Counter. Um, the Card Counter is with Oscar Isaac. We talked about mo- that movie before, but his next movie is called Master Gardener. Okay. So from Gambler <laughs> to Gardener. <laughs> and he's got Joel Edgerton and Sigourney Weaver to star. How do you make a movie about a gardener exciting? Well, there was a really great movie called The Constant Gardener, but that had really nothing to do with gardening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's a typical uh, gardener who's devoted to tending the grounds of a beautiful historic estate. You could actually, I could see how they could do that. They went like some kind of like whimsical, like mm-hmm. kind of fantasy thing where like with like lots of lush visuals of like plants growing and stuff like that. Kind of like uh, something kind of like dreamy and airy, like um um I think you hit the nail on the head for this one. Well, we have general sold on this premise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But basically, the, uh, they unlock dark secrets from a buried violent past that threatened them all. So, okay. There you go. Of course, biopics are very popular nowadays. They're going to finally do a biopic of Amy Winehouse and her, her death. Um, and I think this is something we needed to see. You know, I don't think that have they ever done um, Kurt Cobain yet? I don't, th- they I don't did, know. If they, have. they did a pseudo Kurt Cobain movie. It wasn't actually about Kurt Cobain. Called I think uh, they need to make last, a big budget. Last one days. I think it was yeah. yeah, yeah. They can hire that. They can hire that guy who was in the um the pool for the album cover. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there so are he can Amy finally Winehouse. make his money. Yes. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, didn't Amy Winehouse and Kurt Cobain die at the age of twenty-seven? Isn't yeah. that like yeah? Isn't that yeah, crazy? So did, uh, it, so did it, Jimmy it, Hendrix. Did Jimmy Hendrix. Did, yeah. um, did Jim, Jim Morrison? Yeah, Jim I think Morrison Jim well. Morrison and Janis Joplin, too. Janis Joplin, right. Oh, and, uh, and Tupac. Wow, 27 oh. years old. That's crazy, all, all these. How about, how about Biggie? I think Biggie was younger. Yeah. Chachi, are you looking that up? Uh, <laughs> I am. 27? Yeah, yeah, I'm curious who's on that list. All right, go ahead. It's called the Twenty Seven Club. Okay. It's about uh, popular mu- musicians, artists, and actors who died at the age of twenty-seven. Um, yeah, Hendrix, um, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, um, Kurt Cobain. Um, we named all the big ones. Um, Amy Winehouse is on that list. I'm assuming she is. Wow. Yeah, isn't that tragic? Twenty-seven. It's yeah. wild, man. Yeah, but those are some of the big ones. I mean, that's enough, in my opinion, to, to be a huge coincidence. But uh, they're also doing a biopic on Dennis Rodman uh, on his infamous 48-hour bender in Las Vegas during the NBA Finals in 1998. Wow. <laughs> I wonder who's going to be playing uh, playing Dennis Rodman. I don't think they've announced who will um, play Rodman. I mean, uh, no act- it, should be, it should be Rodman because who well, else is going to no- play him? No actors have been attached, and yeah. if it, this this is during his younger years, you got to get a younger actor, I think, to take that role on, in my opinion. Um, Corey Hawkins, you might know him from In the Heights. Of course, he was Heath on Walking Dead, and he was also Dr. Dre in Straight Outta Compton. He's, um, I guess with the success of In the Heights, he's sticking with musicals and going to do a musical adaptation of The Color Purple. 
So that should be really good. He's already shown that he's really good at that genre. Um, we also have some comedy films in production. Judith Light. Remember Judith Light, Chachi? From, uh, Who's, Who's the, the Boss? Band? Yeah, she's still doing really well in the acting world. She'll be joining one of my new favorites, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ralph Fiennes, um, Hong Chow from Dine, uh, Downsizing, Nicholas Holt, Janet McTeer from Ozark. Remember her? She's the one that got her head blown off. Spoiler alert. Uh, John Leguizamo. Um, and it's called The Menu. We talked about this movie before. And we're like, how could they make a movie out of a couple that travels to a remote island to eat in an exclusive restaurant where the chef prepares a lavish menu and some surprises? That's the plot of the movie. <laughs> wow. Isn't that crazy? So is it a comedy or a drama? It's a dark comedy. Okay. Yeah, a dark. Comedy. I think I think I know where it's gonna go with the with the really? surprises on the menu if it's a dark comedy. Really, I'm gonna guess it starts out the couple's bickering and they're really rich, and I don't know anything about this plot, but right, if I, that's a good guess. guess. The couple's bickering and it's really rich, so they like kind of uh, they kind of rip on each other a lot going there, and then it turns out that this like but uh, that this exclusive chef has like some really really sinister intentions. And uh, and it goes, but but it's done like really, really in a humorous way, and probably someone gets killed and eaten, but for comedic purposes. That's my that's my guess. Yeah, see, <laughs> I think go with this. I think generals on improv classes are paying off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can see them. Getting, I'm getting put on the spot. Like, okay, this yeah, movie's on the menu. You hear all below What's the belt about? show. Yeah, yes. about? Very oh, you see, you see me grow right in front of you. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. That's the first time anybody's seen you grow in front ten of you. Year, ten years on BTV, and he's, uh, <laughs> he's, 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 he's growing a lot already. All right. So they're pairing up Kaylee Cuoco and Pete Davidson in a romantic comedy. That's an interesting pairing. That's Flex's favorite. Yeah, <laughs> Kaylee Cuoco. It's called Meet Cute. Interesting title. Um, but... Um, I'm really surprised yeah. there's never been a movie called that before, though, because that's been like such a trope for a long time. Yeah, that's, they actually had a um, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" episode about that term. Yeah, there's and a in the TV show "I Zombie." One of the characters had a butcher shop called Meat M E A T Cute, <laughs> and like I always thought that was funny. But it's well, two people meeting in some cute way, like a romantic what? comedy. Well, I do have a synopsis. The movie okay. star, uh, follows the story of Sheila, played by Cuoco, and Gary, played by Pete Davidson, when um, Cuoco finds a time machine in a downtown Manhattan nail salon. She uses it to repeatedly travel back in time to re- relive the best date of her life and figure out where it all went wrong. Wow. That sounds so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's... A, that time-traveling movie, guys. We're at the comedy time-traveling movie. So you find a you find a time machine and you just go back to a date. You go back to the date and find out where it went wrong. Yes. You go back to like uh, that sounds so fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, you could cure cancer. There's a lot of things you could <laughs> yeah. do. You could you could uh, you know get rid of COVID before it gets over to the U.S. I, there's so, well, so many know, It's kind of like the same kind of premises of Groundhog Day. He kept going back in time and then like. You know, trying to get that date perfect, you know. Yeah, yeah, but that was yeah, that was okay. outside of his control. He didn't have control over that. I guess it could be like right, right. But that's what he did with it. I mean, he he still did that with his um gift or whatever he had or curse. Yeah. 
He didn't try to cure cancer or anything. Although they say, like, because uh, <clears throat> they uh, they always said, like, Harold Ramis always said that the intention was by the end of the movie, Bill Murray's character had lived something like 15,000 he had, he had he had lived the same day for ten thousand years. They he had said, really? yeah, wow. that's how he had like developed it's like Melisandre. Yeah. Oh, and the same that, day for ten thousand years. Oh, that's that that could be torture, right? Oh, yeah, but that's, but that's how he developed so many skills and literally knew everything in that town to the second. Wow, <laughs> interesting. It could be a fun movie. I mean, it, you it's know, still a great movie. But how how many love stories? romantic comedies have been based on a time machine so i I have to say it's a first well there's hot tub time machine that's not really a romantic comedy but i don't want to say it's a romantic comedy but yeah that's a good point um so the um actress from uh, (laughs) yeah i guess you're right there's another it is a love story yeah yeah i mean it's a it's a dance like a like a the first one more so yeah 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 it's about well, sure well even part three, like his whole Doc Brown and um and his girlfriend. Okay, well I guess it has been done before, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see the star Borat, uh subsequent movie film Maria Bakalova, who's like the breakthrough star who played Brad's daughter, already of course has a new project. Of course she's gonna get a new project. It's a romantic comedy called The Honeymoon. Hopefully Rudy Giuliani's nowhere near that. I know, right? That was so weird. <laughs> So Bakalova will play a new bride who sets off with her husband on a romantic honeymoon in Venice, only to have the event gatecrashed by Adam's excessively needy best friend who turns the perfect lover's holiday into complete disaster. Um, So um, production on Poker Face, uh, directed by and starring Russell Crowe, has been shut down in Australia by confirmed coronavirus cases among the film's crew in the second case. Is still under investigation, so yes, it is still an issue, man. Um, in fact, Mission Impossible 7, which we did talk about, is coming out in 2022. Um, Paramount actually sued the insurance company that is covering production, claiming that the insurance has breached its 100 million policy agreement by only agreeing to pay five million for paused film shoots because you know that. Uh, film has been plagued by multiple delays and, and uh, both production delays uh, due to uh, COVID-19. So pretty cray cray. Um, of course, the upcoming uh, Venice International Film Festival uh, has an upcoming lineup, including Dune, uh, Ridley Scott's The Last Duel, David Gordon Green's Halloween Kills. And, of course, Spencer with Kristen um, Stewart. So that's something to check out. Another uh, respected film festival in Venice. All right, moving on to Netflix, guys. Um, some big movies dropping exclusively on Netflix include Benedict Cumberbatch's Power of the Dog. Interesting title, but it's uh, directed by Jane Champion of The Piano. It's adapted by a 1967 cult novel that was considered ahead of its time in depicting repressed sexuality. Okay, interesting. Um, so look look out for that. Doctor Strange in another film. Um, 
course, Netflix is also producing the Wednesday reboot of the Addams Family um, movie, starring Jenna Ortega as Wednesday. One of your favorites, Chachi Thor Birch, has just joined the cast as Wednesday's dorm mother, Tamara Novak. Are you excited to hear that one? Um, I know you're a fan of Thora from uh, Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus, yes. And of course, she was in The Walking Dead as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll have to see how that one goes. Then it's time to watch Hocus Pocus again. Yes, Halloween. Yeah, the Halloween season. Yeah. Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill in a uh, comedy for Netflix. That's a good pairing. <clears throat> They're actually recruiting the Coming to America writer um, to this film. And Kenya Barris will be directing. Uh, plot details are um, being kept secret, but it's supposed to be examination of modern love and family dynamics and how clashing cultures and societal expectations and generational differences shape and affect relationships. So Jonah Hill and Murphy will be on opposite sides of these divides. That sounds really, really kind of heady for a, an Eddie Murphy, Jonah Hill movie. Yeah. (laughs) Talking about these, um, these like overarching themes like generational divide. And, yes, <laughs> you know. yes. Yeah, it's a different. Seems like a plot-wise a different movie that we haven't seen both Jonah and Eddie in. But uh, right. yeah, yeah, something something different, you know. But again, it's it might be a it might err on the political side, but you know, it's synopsis. So hopefully, it gets better than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so this is the film I was thinking of. It was a Netflix film Extraction. Chris Hemsworth, Thor, is shooting this in Sydney, and then they're actually going to film in Prague in the Czech Republic because of the strict lockdown. So, so Australia is one of the strictest nations when it comes to pandemic. They lock down, they lock down like early, and they fucking yeah, they're very strict with the pandemic over there. So, yeah, well, they sure. have they have a much easier time doing that because they were like kind of secluded down there as like an island. Yeah, they had they had COVID entirely under control. Like they didn't have any new COVID cases for right. months and months. Yeah, and- but now now they have to deal with it again. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. Oh, also, Jake Gyllenhaal has a movie on Netflix called The Guilty. It's a remake of the 2018 Danish film that was selected. Um, Another for- remake. Damn it. Yeah. Well, it's an internet. So once an international remake, it's okay because it's something that. If yeah, I really enjoyed. Wasn't- the Danish film. You, you you actually watched the Danish film. You're a fan yeah. of one of my okay. favorites. Yes. Well, I don't think you're here, gentle, <laughs> but you know that Jake Gyllenhaal will be in the Oblivion song um, film as well. Robert Kirkman's. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Did you uh-huh. read um, Oblivion song? I don't think I don't think I ever got the chance to, but okay. I'll check it out before the movie comes out. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <clears throat> Um, all right. Um, what else? Netflix comedy Boo Bitch. <laughs> uh it's coming out on Netflix with uh for all the love for to all the boys I've loved before, Lara Condor and uh Zoe Caletti from Fear the Walking Dead um are gonna be a part of this upcoming um coming of age um film on Netflix. Oh, all right, I, I, I just know that you you seen a news article um about Boo Bitch and you actually like copy and paste of that to read it tonight yes that disappoints me <laughs> that doesn't not you're not going to check out boo bitch <laughs> i don't think you will i uh, probably not there's a good chance <laughs> i won't 
Well, this, this is uh, going to bring a lot of joy. Remember we were talking about last week how shows get canceled and they don't conclude like Glow. And we right. talked about Ray Donovan getting the movie well. Manifest got its fourth and final season on Netflix. Yeah. Pretty exciting. They're going to get 20 new episodes to wrap up the story of the passengers on the flight 828 and will be rolled out in parts with a number of parts and specific episodes yet to be determined. Yeah, so that that's really exciting. I mean, a lot of so, people compare the show to Lost. So. Yeah, I was about to say, I haven't seen Manifest, but is it super similar to Lost? I mean, is it like... Cause it's, it's a big mystery, like, yeah. It, it's a lot of mystery and intrigue and a lot of supernatural elements to it. Well, is it like the, the passengers on this flight disappear for a number of years and then suddenly... That's right, five again? years, and they suddenly show up again. Um, where everyone, when they show up, everybody's aged five years and they've stayed exactly the same age. Right, right. So it's the mystery wow. solving that. And so, do they go show, through like a wormhole, or do they? Because uh, that really sounds like. Um, yeah, I mean, I I saw, watched the first a uh, few of the episodes in season one, and yeah, it's just that the, the plane took off. And uh, what's interesting, um. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it probably was a Spirit Airlines flight because, like, you know, you. Um, <laughs> no, 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 because the Spirit I mean, Airlines flight five years later take off from the airline from the five airport. Five years later, time you get your destination, so it's probably yeah. kind of yeah. Well, yeah, the, the interesting parts like the kid. The, there was one kid on the flight, and when she got off the flight, she was five years older, you know, but she was the younger sister before she got on the flight, and um, and the people have moved on because they are presumed dead. In five years because they were missing for five years in real time so it's all the drama of that pretty cool premise but it got a really big um popularity boost on on netflix netflix saves all the shows guys if a show's yeah, was, in trouble was that originally that was originally like a network tv that's an nbc show uh john okay. pop yeah. yeah so after it dropped on netflix and it was like one of the highest rated shows on netflix then Netflix had no choice but to just greenlight it for one more season. So I'm I'm finally gonna watch. Now it's on Netflix, it's easier to catch up on that. So of course they have the upcoming um um series, limited series about the twenty eighteen rescue about the soccer players trapped in a Thai cave. So we have Dana Ledeau Miller and Michael Russell Gunn. Um we're gonna sh- are gonna be showrunners uh, for that series. Um and of course, Chachi's favorite show on Netflix is You. They just dropped a trailer for season three, which is not really gives much away. It's just a really interesting cake that bleeds. Um, I mean, it's not my favorite series on Netflix, but it's definitely a good mm-hmm. one. But it's been a long time since the last season. Like, yeah. Like COVID yeah. really has screwed everything up. It has screwed everything I mean, up. Especially Stranger Things. I've been waiting forever for that damn season four. Well, yeah, and that's that's coming out. That's coming out later this year, so we're finally gonna get. Um, no, it's coming out next year. It, oh, is it not till next year? Yeah. Okay, I'm mistaken. I'm sorry. I think it's gonna be early next year, but yeah. Ah, oh, but good news if you're a Seinfeld fan, Netflix will be bringing back Seinfeld to Netflix on October 1st. Oh wow. Yeah, so there you yeah, go. That show, if you watch that show now, it still holds up for me. Like, oh, it's still, absolutely. It's still yeah. really funny. Absolutely. I mean, it's Larry that, David comedy. That show's good. So. I mean, good comedy is like timeless. I mean, you watch like The Honeymooners and it's still funny, or Three Three Stooges. I think it's still funny. Three's Company. How do you Three's think? How do you funny. think Curb Your Enthusiasm compares to classic Seinfeld? 
I think well, it's um. You I can get away with look. more. You can get be more adult oriented. But which one? Know. Which one do you do you think is legitimately better? I mean, I would say Seinfeld. Um, but I mean, both are really good. I mean, um, you'd say Seinfeld, okay? Well, I guess Seinfeld I haven't seen every a, episode of Seinfeld. Such a great ensemble yeah. cast, you know. But um, yeah, well, with, with hilarious with Curb, same type Curb. Of humor. Yeah, Larry David had a lot more freedom with Curb than he did with Seinfeld. Yeah, right. And well, you know, Seinfeld you can... was, was it was a um, you know that was him and Jerry kind of like as partners. Yeah. You know, and then Larry David was gone for the final season, and the final season had you know some of the best episodes, um, like the uh, Festivus episode. Was that the final season? I believe so. Huh. Okay. And a couple more things before I take our classic cut break over on Amazon Prime. Dave Franco is going to be working with his wife, Allison Brie, on a romantic comedy called Somebody I Used to Know. I wonder if they're going to use that popular song from a few <laughs> years back. The Gautier song. I yeah. love that. That's a great song. It's a great that song. Is a great song. No, the, uh, the Strike, which was on Festivus, that was season nine. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, Seinfeld. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that was still that was still Larry David. No, he was gone that season, wasn't it? That was the final season, wasn't it? Oh, I thought I thought it was ten seasons. Huh. No, I think he, I think he had it at nine. Um, and he was like, a part. Larry David was. Yeah, part yeah, of yeah. Season nine was the final um, season because um, that's what Jerry wanted to end on, which is was surprising even back then. Cause I figured those two ten seasons and have a nice round number, but nice mm-hmm. round number, right? But if yeah. you watch um, if you watch Kirby Enthusiasm, they actually do like a Seinfeld um, season on there. Yeah. And they make a great new episode. Season. Yeah. So yeah, I remember that episode. bring back Seinfeld without actually bringing back Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see over on Apple. That's right. Ewan McGregor and Ethan Hawke. Those are two uh, great actors right there. Are set to star in Raymond and Ray for Apple Studios. It's a film about half-brothers who have lived in the... T- Shadow of a terrible father, but somehow they retain their sense of humor, and his funeral allows them to reinvent themselves with anger, pain, folly, and definitely grave digging. Okay. Mm. Um, of course, Ian McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he's going to be in that upcoming Obi-Wan series, and Ethan Hawke will be in Moon Knight. So, yeah. Marvel's Moon Knight upcoming, so that's pretty cool. Uh, apparently, some good reviews for John Cena and Lil Rel Howery's comedy movie on hulu called vacation friends apparently they're already on green lit a sequel for that movie i'm gonna have to check that out on hulu um but uh, john cena has come a long way as uh as an actor he's he's uh and i think he does comedy really well if you've seen him in blockers you can tell john cena is quite the comedic um yeah, well, he was, movie, uh, you could you could see you could see it like when he played peacemaker you could see yes exactly he, he lo- I mean, he's really, really great at playing these like really ridiculously extreme characters. Yes, and all all while being jacked to the gills. Yeah. <laughs> um, over on Hulu, they got a um, a pilot with one of my favorites, Aubrey Plaza, called Olga Dies Dreaming. I just saw the casting notices for that for that show, but um, yeah, it tells a story of of a brother and sister from a. Uh, gentrifying sunset park brooklyn reckoning with the absence absent politically radical mother and their glittering careers in new york city's elite 
Okay, that sounds like shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, speaking of John Cena, like I, I was, was remembering um, when he was on MTV, like an MTV special that was about right. wrestling back in the day, and he was right. like, a, he was kind of like an indie guy on that. Um, cause I think they showed like a current wrestler, like a indie guy coming up, and like a kind of like mm-hmm. over the hill type of wrestler. So the, um, he was the indie guy, and he was trying to, to come up with a gimmick, and he came up with like the prototype on there. Um, and this is way before he ever got into the WWE. So it was pretty cool seeing that way back when, and then him becoming such a big star, like, over the years. Yeah. He's just remember, remember and, and, and he did the freestyle rap for Below the Belt Show. Below the Belt Show, which... We met him in person. We we don't have any audio because none of us uh, had a audio recorder at the time. That would, uh, Man, I wish that we had kept that. That would have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been so cool. And... Um, of course, um, there's a new series on FX on Hulu called Under the Banner of Heaven. Um, they just announced uh, Andrew Garfield and Daisy Edgar Jones, Sam Worthington, Denise Go, and Wyatt Russell himself from Falcon and the Winter Soldier has just joined the cast. So um, basically, uh, the TV series version of the book follows a detective Whose faith, whose faith is tested as he investigates a brutal murder that seems to be connected to an esteemed Utah family spiral into LDS fundamentalism. Interesting. Wow. Some corruption within the LDS um, community in Utah. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, right now will be a good time to take a classic cut break. So uh, I think you're right. So let's go ahead and uh, play Chachi's theme song. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's Classic Cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi's Yeah, that's right, Chachi in charge. Once again, it's once again, it's been so many once again over the years that I've been doing this classic cut. Not from the beginning, but pretty much from the 2.0, I've been doing these classic cuts. Yeah. Where I pick out a song. It's been probably 99% from the 80s, but sometimes I'll mix it up to other years. But this right. year, I mean, this, um, this episode, we are back in the 80s once again. From a song from 1985 i was trying to think of a song that would be about reminiscing and about the good old days and so of course the good old days are glory days yes and this is one by the boss bruce springsteen you know thinking about the glory days of the original blow the belt show on air sports um, well it, hopefully it doesn't have that same kind of like bitterly wistful tone that the song it does it does it does it, like <laughs> no but they were fun times and like they, yeah it was a definitely a training wreck of a show but it was a fun show and i still can't believe it's been 20 years that's just amazing that it's amazing that a show has gone on for that long i mean we've outlasted like pretty much almost every show <laughs> known the man except, mm-hmm. for the, except for the simpsons like um <laughs> you know but but yeah, this is from 1985. Actually recorded in 1982, surprisingly, which I did not know. It was recorded that um, early. 
But this is Bruce Springsteen reminiscing about the glory days. All right, we'll be back right after the classic cut. He was walking out. We went back inside. So that was a classic cut, Chachi. Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, let's talk, a little, let's talk a little bit about the walk. Oh, you know what? Hey, I think we got. Hey. Yeah. Oh. That's right. Joining us for our special interview time, we had to bring on the Cal Drogo of the DMV, a member of the SWAT team, which he might have to remind us. For the listeners, what that stands for. He is also from the hood to Hollywood. He is actor extraordinaire Lion Beckwith. What up, people? How's everybody? <laughs> Good to have you back on, on TV. Yeah, yeah. I love all these appearances. You're, you're coming back, man. And uh, well, you have something in common with Alan Maldonado. Um, you actually um, auditioned for heels as well uh the show that, uh, that he's on on stars yeah so uh how, how was that experience um it was it was pretty cool it was exciting um and you know it was so ironic because um i had already started training pro wrestling training for a movie that i got cast in as the lead and that's about um, a pro wrestler. It's called The Realtor. It's about a realtor going into pro wrestling. So when I got the call to audition for Hills, I was like, wow, this is this is crazy. Because so many things was happening back to back. It was like, got that John Cena in a, in a show. Um, but then, unfortunately, COVID ended that. But it was so many things happening that I was, and I was doing this pro wrestling training for so when I got the um, the uh, audition for Heels, I was like, wow, this is crazy. But so, it was super cool, though. I'm really kind of curious about something with that. The uh, Were you expected to have the pro wrestling skills before you auditioned, or was that considered just like a, a bonus? Like, would they have trained you? So they they definitely – so they do ask. They do ask in the audition and the uh, not the audition the um, description. Um, pro wrestling. They were looking for people that had some type of pro wrestling training or or, or background or something like that. But I do know for a fact that um, they also provided extra pro wrestling training to people um and it's and and the movie that i did get cast for um they actually were the ones they knew that i didn't have any pro wrestling training they actually paid for me to get pro wrestling training so yeah yeah but from some of your stories before weren't you like literally literally in pro wrestling before no i used to fight before i used to do like um yeah, no, I, I did actually like 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 cage fighting, basement fighting, back alley fighting before. 
So it wasn't. Oh, but you know, I wrestled in high school. If you mean that, I did wrestle in high school. Okay. But I'm not. But that's definitely two different things, though. Yeah, I, I think Al. I think Al remembers the story I'm referring to. The um, actually in pro wrestling. Oh, I think I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it later. Talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> you you get just as bad as Al. Dude. I know. I know. I know. You already. You yeah. know what we're alluding uh, to. I can't tell y'all nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't. All right, but we're excited to bring on Alan Maldonado, guys. But uh, I guess before we uh, get into um, Alan jumping on uh, Below the Belt Show, which is the uh, two-time BTB call-in guest, which is pretty exciting. Uh, let's just throw out a couple more things going on in entertainment, man. Uh, General, I know you're really excited um, about uh, anything in the CWDC universe. Of course, fine, it's a part of DCU, but this is the Batman TV show. Sorry, this is the Batwoman TV show. They just cast Poison Ivy um, for uh, the uh, Batwoman TV show. It's Bridget Regan. Um, and uh, it's probably the, the highest profile Bat character that they've had on that show, I think. Yeah. Like, the, at least the most well-known one, because they've always like stuck with like kind of lower tier Bat villains on it. Yeah. So that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, I hope they go for the the green skin, Poison Ivy. Because, you know, like the Uma Thurman, you know, was didn't have that. Because I, I think the characters evolved over the years. It used to be, yeah. you know, just a normal person that could control plants. And then the newer iteration of Poison Ivy, her entire skin is green, like She-Hulk almost, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, hopefully we'll see that version in the Batwoman uh, TV series. It should be pretty cool. Um, but you might know um, the actress um, from her roles such as Dottie Underwood in Marvel's Agent Carter. Um, she's also been in Paradise Lost, The Last Ship, and Jane the Virgin. Um, yeah, but uh, Bridget Regan. Yep, we'll be on that. Yeah, she's, she's pretty hot. Yeah. Also, CW is uh, spinning off Nancy Drew. I guess Nancy Drew was considered a big hit on the network. And Tom Swift, can you believe Tom Swift, a character from the Nancy Drew um, <clears throat> show, will be? Um, is that is that Tom <laughs> Swift with an E on the end, or just Swift S W I F T? S W I F T, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not what I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah. So, hey, popular uh, series on on the uh, on the CW and uh, over on ABC. Chachi, I know you're a fan of the Go- Goldbergs. They're actually uh, will be incorporating the death of George Siegel into its that. season premiere. Yeah. Um, which has traditionally been a tribute to a classic movie from the '80s. So the, he actually passed away two days before they wrapped the season. Um, so they couldn't address it uh, last season, but they will be addressing it this season. So I'm sure. Yeah, and all these annoying people like on Facebook were like, you know, commenting on the Goldberg's um, Facebook page, like, "Oh, why aren't why are you paying tribute to George um, Siegel?" And like, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, and like they had like a short thing at the end, just like you know that this text that came up. I'm like, you know, they already filmed the whole season. They're not gonna sit there and like create mm-hmm. a whole new episode that he just died. You know, I'm like, they're probably going to address it on the um, premiere of next season, which, you know, mm-hmm. now they're saying they are. But that's going to that's going to wreck me that that episode. It probably I'm will sure. be very emotional. Yeah. And over on Peacock, you got the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot. Jabari Banks is the lead role. He'll be playing uh, Will. 
as you know, this is going to be a drama now instead of the sitcom that we all loved back in the 90s, Will Smith. Um, you know, Chachi, you had an interesting take of how the show should have went instead of the drama version of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You yeah, like, I, I don't like the, them changing it into a drama now. And like, I mean, it, it could be a whole different show. It doesn't have to be The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and be a drama. You know, you could call it something different. But like if they wanted to keep the same kind of um, c- comedy feel, they could have had, um, you know, Will Smith now as a father. And for whatever reason, like his son has to temporarily go live in um, West Philadelphia with his uncle. Like maybe Will Smith thinks his son's like, it's getting too soft living in Bel Air, you know, now that he's rich and everything. So he okay. wants his son, you know. So rich is the rags. Yeah, wants his son to be able to appreciate stuff now. So he's got to go live in West Philadelphia with his um, uncle. And, you know, and deal with that whole kind of fish out of water, you know, deal with people, you know, thinking he's like a sellout or whatever, or like, um, you know, not fitting in there. And then also like um, him trying to just, you know, make friends and, and meet girls over there. I think that'd be a lot more interesting. And then. Yeah. The only problem with that, that you Will Smith is a busy guy and Will would have to be in that series. And yeah, but he could be time. in the first episode just like when yeah. he's like dropping on off, you know. Yeah. Or, yeah, Will, like Will would probably be a little too expensive for that series. He wanted the producer. I was gonna say he'd be a producer of this of the series, and like he right, would, he's a producer of this series. You know, I mean, he's a producer of Cobra Kai. You know, yes, yes, probably just his uh, brother-in-law actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, so are any of the are there any um, returning actors to this Fresh Prince? Um, uh, I don't think it's so. A complete reboot, man. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a whole reboot. But you know, do you know how it started? It started, right? Yeah. Yeah. From the so, from the YouTube video that somebody did, um, making the Fresh Prince into a drama, they cut a it. Viral video by Morgan Cooper, which reimagined the Will Smith led sitcom as a drama, and in the, they're I mean, simply calling it Bel Air. And they are shooting in Philadelphia. I just saw some casting notices. Um, if uh, anybody's trying to get involved with background work or principal work, um, shooting up in uh, Philadelphia, our friends over here are casting. Just FYI. I'm, I'm actually filming right now with uh, Adam Sandler in Philadelphia. Oh, oh snap. Awesome. Okay. I'm yeah. actually going to be on that set um, in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, hustle, yeah. Going back to Hustle. You've worked Hustle before, so this will be your second time on set. Right. Well, I've been on there already all week, so um, I got to be there in the morning at oh, 6 a.m. Okay. Does, does that mean you're um, joining us uh, from your hotel room? No, I actually came back to Baltimore. Oh, okay. hurricane in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. So oh, wow. Let me get away from that. So okay, so you, you got an early day. So, we <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're just uh, patiently waiting for Alan Maldonado, but also on Peacock, uh, you're also going to get uh, a series called Vampire Academy. They just announced the cast of that. This is uh, based on a book series by Rochelle Mead, starring Sissy Stringer, Daniel Neves, Kieran Moore, Andre Day Kim, Jay August Richards, who I've heard of him, yeah. Anita Joy, Wajay, Mia McKenna Bruce. Um, wow, um, a really long list of um, actors that are going to be in this Vampire Academy TV series on Peacock. Um, 
But uh, they just drawing straws for anything, aren't they? Anything. Well, actually, that was a Vampire Academy was a movie too in I guess 2014. <laughs> I just looked it up right now because I was curious. Was like Vampire Academy? That sounds like such a generic name for a vampire thing. But I know. So my kids get this um this high school toys that are had all these monsters in the high school. I think it's from a cartoon. I think. But like it has like all of the monsters are are going to high school. It's the like the Wolfman, the Monster High, Monster High, right? Yeah, yes. my kids get the toys. Of that. So it, why would I just want to see the vampires? I just I all of them. <laughs> it's, it's like what's the word for for racist against monsters? <laughs> <laughs> Monstrous? Monster phobic. <laughs> You're monster such a monster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. We also have The Crude's Family Tree, an animated series that will be on Peacock based on The Crude's New Age, which was like the number one movie for like a right, year. Three years. Was, yeah. Yeah, because there's no <laughs> movies in the theaters. <laughs> Yeah. I just feel like I hear about the crudes all the time, and um, I should probably sit down and at least watch something with the crudes in them. But yeah, probably not. It's just the caveman, the caveman yeah. movie, right? Yeah. yeah. I actually, I like that movie. You I like saw it. it. I, I actually like that movie. I saw the second one, I think. Um, yeah, and I actually liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Have, so none of y'all saw him before? I've no, never seen I it. Never saw it. <laughs> you figure well, General would taking the kids. So. Yeah, General would taking the kids. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you don't, don't pick. Know. You don't go to all I the like kids' it. movies, do you, General? No, my wife takes them usually, <laughs> so I don't have to. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go to, to go to sleep. I I can take my kids to the movies so I can go to sleep usually. Like as soon as the movie starts. And they get into it. I'm like, and out. And they just, and I up. <laughs> uh, um, I guess while we're waiting for Alan, let's just talk a little bit about The Walking Dead episode uh, three. As you know, if you have AMC Plus, you already caught it. Wow, more of the Maggie and Negan tension. Um, well, spoiler alert, a lot of Maggie's crew from her Meridian community sadly died. So, which pretty much Good. meant. Good. We saw all the awkwardness of Maggie and Negan. Negan bashed Glenn's head in and killed him. And yeah. Maggie has to that's, kind of deal with news. that aftermath. It's old news, of course. Yeah, but yeah. it's just really interesting Water seeing the, the, the dynamic bridge. of that, those characters. And it's interesting because in, I believe, was it the um, the Dark Knight? No, it was uh, the Joker movie, right? With Joaquin, where um didn't um, um Jeffrey D. Morgan and Lauren Cohen play... Martha and Thomas uh, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Was it the Joker movie? No, yeah. that was that was something different. Because uh, yeah, Thomas Wayne was in the Joker movie, but it definitely wasn't Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Okay, then it, there was that was probably maybe no, no, he definitely played Bruce Wayne's father before. Yeah, um, he definitely played Bruce Wayne. I remember that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it was. It was in 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 the Joker, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Because he had yeah, I'm almost story, sure yeah. it was. I'm almost sure it was. I don't know. Yeah, 
I mean, we get. I mean, we he, was a, he played him. He played him in the Batman versus Superman. In uh, oh, was it Batman v Superman? Okay, yeah. thank you. For I playing, remember Tyler. definitely playing Bruce Wayne's father. Yeah, <laughs> all right. But I think we got our special guest uh, joining us shortly. And uh, are we ready to bring him on, guys? He is a second-time BTB guest. Last time we had him on the show was to talk about the last OG. But now we got him on BTB to talk about heels. I'm three episodes in, and I'm loving the show, guys. Do we have Alan Maldonado on, on the line with us? Yes, we do. What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Alan, good to have you on Below the Belt. Are you going to stay audio no. this one, or are you going to switch on the video? No, I can switch on the video. Oh, I thought I was. Hold up. Let me get on there with you guys. Is the, all right, I all right. Video? Did Not I, yet. I hit, I hit video. I see, I see me. I see me. It's <laughs> when you see yourself. Yeah, I, I don't know. What do I need to hit? A little uh, camera icon on the bottom of your screen if you're using a laptop. There yeah, should be no, a little camera it. icon. You just have to click it once, Alan. It should Hold show up. up. I, I hit it. Can I? It's saying now. Every time I hit it, it say no camera, and then the camera goes away. Okay. <laughs> hit it again, and it might probably show up. So now, now what, what y'all we know what uh, Alan for his birthday is. <laughs> and, a, and a tech assistant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me let me. I'm gonna log off and log back in. I got you. Yeah, right that back. should do right, it. Cool. Yeah. We're gonna make yeah. a grand entrance. Okay, that's right. We're gonna redo this. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, while Alan is gonna be rejoining us, guys, episode yeah, three. The what... That episode, um, like th- that to me was really um one of the things that's wrong with Walking Dead because they have so many episodes per season. It felt like a really like a filler episode to me. So this episode uh, does three did really? Yeah. Maggie's um. That means that Maggie's other show didn't do well. That's why she's back. Yeah, no, well. Thank, thank God. Thank God it didn't I do think well. she always intended to come back, but I guess they didn't want she I guess they didn't expect her to be a series regular again. Yeah, but they had these slow episodes on Walking Dead. Like um like if this was on like Netflix and it had like a ten episode season or a thirteen episode season, it'd be There you go. Stop. Oh, they yeah. all popped up in the day I go in the back. There he is. <laughs> I'm in the back of the balloon party. I love it. All right. <laughs> All right. Why am, I looking, why am I looking confused in my picture, though? Like, what is, <laughs> like, what is happening? I was, you know, like, you look like... I look like something is suspicious. Like <laughs> I thought you were practicing your ventriloquism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you it frozen? Looked, it looked like somebody farted in the room, but he... Yeah, you trying to figure it out. Like, and he's like, it could have been me. Like, it could have been me. Like, that's the, that's the thought in my head. Like, like was that me? Right. I was thinking, like, Alan, like, you know what? I'm from the hood. I know who did it, but I ain't going to snitch. So let's go ahead and introduce Manny. We're just happy to have him here on Below the Belt Show for the second time here on BTB Virtual. And you can check him out right now on Stars. And if you love pro wrestling, if you love dramas, you gotta check out. You gotta check out Heels, man. It's just such a great show. I'm three episodes in. I love it. And I know I'm a wrestling fan, but I think even non-wrestling fans can really appreciate the show as well. Uh, actor extraordinaire Alan Maldonado, who plays Rooster. 
Robbins on. Uh, yeah, good to have you yeah, back, Alan. In the house, baby. Yeah, Roos is in the house. Alan's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, man? How y'all doing? Hey, you Alan, you know we beefing, right? I'm gonna tell Why we, how I'm we gonna beefing? Say, what? what you mean? What you mean? We Alan, got shoulder length hair. We can't do that. We can't you know, Listen, we beefing because since you were on the last show, right, I became like your number one freaking like cheerleader, right? I was promoting... <laughs> Yeah, I was promoting the digital, you know, short thing. I was I was promoting sneakers, sneaker heads. I was promoting, dude, I was promoting all your stuff. I even got, even you when you were guest on other podcasts, you were guest on other podcasts, and I was coming on there like, Alan's great, Alan's great. And then in my head, in my head, we became like best friends, right? <laughs> and then I was... I would I would say to other people like yeah I know Alan we cool and they'd be like Alan say he don't know you. Oh, <laughs> it hurt. It hurt my feelings, Alan. It hurt. <laughs> who lying, lying? And then you said to the one lady, she's like, "Is that your friend, Lajie?" He was like, "I don't know. If I ever see him, I'm a dunk on him on sight." I was like, oh, "Damn!" No, no, that was it. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot you came on some bas- You came on a basketball game. It, 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 it got personal. It got personal. It got personal. Yeah, that, that was like, you, 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 you talking about basketball. That was your fault. That wasn't my fault. <laughs> man, but good job. But good job on everything, man, dude. I, I got I, a lot I really going on, been, like, man. Yeah, let's start with heels though. Let's start with heels though, bro. Let's, let's talk about how you got cast in, in in the in the in the series, and let's talk about also the training regimen. Obviously, you had to train. I know you probably had a body double doing some of your big bumps in the ring, but. Uh, no, no, no. That was no, no, no. All the big bumps that we did, I did most of those. Now it was you some, did like, all your bumps. Yeah, I mean some dangerous stunts though. It was some like some stunts that I couldn't do. Um, but ninety percent of the stunts I did. Those bumps, I I took those bumps, man. Like getting wow. clothesline by James Harrison seven times in a row wasn't great. Uh, but this is what we do for the film. <laughs> this is what we do for filmmaking. Like, um. Jumping, wow. Backflipping, backflipping off of the top, moonsaulting. I learned how to do all those things. Um, like getting cast on the show, um, I um, I personally know the showrunner, uh, Mike O'Malley. I worked with him uh, prior on Survivor's Remorse uh, as an actor and as a writer. So uh, um, I, when I saw his name a part of the project, I wanted to be a part of the project. There, there we, we go. They froze up again. It's all right. We're going to keep going. So um, I was excited that he was doing this project, and when I discovered there was a role in the role Rooster Robbins, I wanted a part of it. So I reached out, I auditioned, I screen test, uh, I wrestle test, and I ultimately won out the role. And then by that time, it was uh, two weeks before the world shut down. So uh, during the pandemic, I had an opportunity to train up for it. So I put on 20 pounds of muscles for this uh, nice. for this particular role. Yeah. Wow. Well, obviously, let's talk about the training regimen, because obviously when you take those bumps, you got to know what you're doing in the ring because you could risk mm-hmm. injury. So talk to us. I saw that Luke Hawk is one of the wrestling trainers. Uh, tell yeah, us about yeah. Luke your Luke Hawk is, is, is the man. Um, 
he's the one that kind of just not kind of he showed showed us the ropes and the ones and twos as far as uh the basics of wrestling and then when it came to our routines our our actual matches it was the days that we spent there just training we had a ring built for us we had our own personal gym built because it was you know COVID, of course but i think that would have i think we would have had our own gym regardless just how important it was to how the aesthetic of the show and we got there a month maybe a month and a half early just to start training before we even started production um and then while we were shooting we were you know still had to go to the gym um so there were times where me and james if we had a call time at 6 a.m we had the gym at 3 a.m working out Um, wow so it was it was nine months of me personally training you know side by side with james harrison who is a a gym rat to say the least nfl Um, legend yes um and, and let me tell it, we we both won. We won two Super Bowls. He don't ever want to admit that I was on the team with him, but we'll we'll get past that later on in life. We, <laughs> at the Hall of Fame speech, <laughs> when I introduced him at the Hall of Fame speech, that's just like you being friend. my best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's in the same world. It's the same. It's in the same world. But, so the drop kicks, the elbow drops. That's all you. That we saw drop kick yeah yeah drop kick all of that that whole routine is me um nice. I, the only thing that isn't me is there's uh he does a 360 he jumps up and do like a 360 cross body yes um, wow that's the, that's the only one i didn't do and that i think oh I come on love to, no i didn't have time to I, that was something <laughs> they did on the spur spur like it was it was times where they were asking me to do certain moves and we didn't even like practice and I'd be like, all right, here we go. Let's do it since we're here. Um, oh, that's pretty so cool. Times, nothing too crazy, but uh, that was one. It wasn't more me. It was I didn't want to end up punching uh, Trey in the, in the face, <laughs> in the face, in the face come, doing that 360. Uh, yeah, that's on. The stunt guy that did it the first time got punched in the face in doing it. So that was re- one of the reasons why I couldn't do it as well. You know what? You actually work with one of my real close, actual close friends, not just in my head. Um, Gary <laughs> Peoples, big guy, bald head, real built, muscular dude. You said Gary Gary Peoples? Man, you know I don't know. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> now he going to be hurt just like me. When I see him too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if they're going to give Rooster um, a valet because uh, we see Ace and then Crystal hooking up a ton in the first three episodes, but I was wondering if... uh, Rooster want to get his, get get some love on, right? Of course, man. You know, Rooster got to have like he got it. It's got to be big. He need like it, uh, he gonna have he gonna have like three or four three or four valets. And it's gonna All be right. like, we call this like his hand or some crazy. You know, he's like, he's very flamboyant, man. You know, Rooster Robbins is he's got he's embodying that that Ric Flair, that Shawn Michaels, Woo! you know, all of that energy. 
I love uh, it. Into his wrestling, so like I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'm I'm lobbying for it. <laughs> you, you can't be you can't be a rooster without a few chicken heads. That's what I'm saying. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, see. Was, I wasn't gonna say I wasn't gonna say chicken heads. I wasn't gonna go there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He'd be roosting a couple chicken heads. <laughs> but you, you know what's cool though, man? It's seeming like you. You kind of, your character can kind of almost be a heel within the heel. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because, like, there's moments where you kind of like, I don't F all this bull crap. I'm tired of this. And it, and it seems like almost like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, it's almost seeming like a racial tension type of thing. You see what I'm saying? At, at least as far as it, you're it, concerned. It, it, can, it, can, it can feel that way, just kind of aesthetically being that it's only me and James that are black in the wrestling league. But ultimately, ah, okay. it's it's I'm in the I'm getting caught up in yet again another situation that has nothing to do with Rooster. Um, this is a some turmoil and, and that's going on between Ace and Jack that is ultimately putting a pause on my trajectory in the league. Um, it's and again, like I said, it may feel that way, but nah, it's it's more based off the family issues because Apocalypse was the champion, so it wasn't like that's not a it's not like it's against DWL for a a let's say a black person to be a champ. They already Apocalypse was one. Now he and he blew it as I eloquently put. <laughs> they blew it. In, in in episode three, but um, so it's not it doesn't deal with any racial tension. Can, can I tell you something, man? I um <laughs> I auditioned. They had me audition for Diego Cottonmouth. But, but, but I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. I, yeah, I got a I got a call back. I just they I think I didn't have enough cotton. You know, like fatness. Oh, you yeah, they, that, that, they, that, that may that may have been the, that may have been the issue. That may, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go out yeah. the show, no, The guy that they got guy. is great though, and oh, and oh, yeah, and yeah. he seems like he seems like he has a great personality. He's I mean he's he's great. He's 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 definitely pulling it through. No, he's though. an incredible yeah. I, I like incredible actor from Miami. I, I love him to death, man. He's an incredible person. Like the entire the entire cast is incredible are incredible actors. Yeah. I'm I'm super excited and ecstatic about that everybody on this cast are dogs. Like everyone is re- I mean excited to come to work, prepared to come to work and and are driven to deliver great work. Um, you know, there's Chris. Chris is amazing. It's Wild Bill. Like, come on. Like, everybody on the show, even from our guest stars, and even shout out to our extras, man. Like, our extras gave us a lot of life, especially nice. during those matches. That coming from coming out of quarantine and being isolated, when I when you see that image of me coming out to the ring, that was the first time as a performer that I was in front of a large crowd in probably a year, and that Man. feeling was so fucking missed um, as you as an entertainer and especially in this particular business, you don't rarely get a crowd to perform in in general. So to be a year away from that, like it was it was orgasmic. <laughs> oh, wow. Let's <laughs> talk about us working with Stephen Amell. Yeah, uh, Alan, if you could, I mean, I mean, this is this is Arrow, man. This is Oliver Queen, man, and uh, he's taking on the lead role. 
uh, as uh, Jack Spade. Um, hoping we'll see a match. I mean, we're only three episodes in, but uh, see a match between uh, Jack Spade and the Rooster. But uh, also overall working with uh, with uh, Steven. Steven's great, man. Um, he's 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 our leader. Like he's he's the guy that's um, you know setting the tone. And when I tell again, another phenomenal actor. Um, we have some great scenes uh, moving forward in the season. Um, some very kind of heartfelt scenes. As you know, we have our particular storyline that's going that you, you're you're gonna you're gonna see us bump heads. It's inevitable. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. Um, we got some we got some great scenes, some great performances together because he's just a solid solid person in and out. So um, again, he's he's setting the tone for us. We saw a little bit of that in episode two uh, with you as the karaoke DJ or host at the bar. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, the the fight that ensued, the bar fight. But uh, Rooster, I guess, chose not to throw down because he didn't want to lose his job, right? Is that is that the listen, man? The DWL ain't paying a lot, man. I'm I'm getting paid more at hosting karaoke. Um, so <laughs> like I got to keep my job. And you see, Rooster outfit ain't cheap, man. Like my ensemble is not. I gotta, I gotta keep up with, you know, with all my bills. I'm, I'm working. I'm Jamaican on this show. I got 17 jobs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So in episode three, we actually saw CM Punk, Phil Brooks, who actually was making headlines for returning to wrestling on AEW. Yeah. I don't know if you check that out, yeah, but I saw uh, that. yeah, that's yeah. How, how did you like uh, working with uh, CM? Like, CM was dope. Now, I didn't actually have any scenes with him. Um, yeah. But I got to meet him, you know, um, behind the scenes and have a great conversation with just about just, just re- regular stuff. Nothing nothing even about wrestling. But he just was a really cool dude. So that's what I'm I'm happy about. You know, you, it sucks when you meet people that you're fans of and, they, and they're and they not cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. So it was definitely great to meet him. And, like, he's such a, uh, such a cool dude. I, was, I definitely had a great conversation with him. So yeah. that, that brings up the a question, like, so, so were you heavy into um, wrestling before you got you got control? I won't say heavy as a kid. I I loved it and I and I followed it. You know, Ric Flair. You got you know, Ultimate Warrior is my favorite wrestler of all time. Yeah, Michaels, um, Bret Hart. Uh, you know, then you go into Stone Cold and The Rock. You know. I, I kind of, I was following it as a kid, and as, as I got older, I kind of grew uh, in distance from it. But um, once I got the role, it was just research, 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 kind of just, you know, watching every documentary and kind of getting the the real story, not just what you saw and not just watching matches. Um, I, I felt like watching these documentaries and seeing the ups and downs. The was the, it Dark Side of the Ring by any chance? Yes, Dark Side of the Ring. Shout out to people with Dark Side of the Ring because that was a great tool in learning about these guys' personal lives and the trauma that comes with being a pro wrestler. Yeah, I thought the movie The Wrestler was was pretty good too. With Mickey that. Rourke, yes. Rourke, yeah. I love Mickey Rourke. I love Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke is phenomenal. Uh, even yeah. even when back in the eighties. Yeah. Do, do you think that um because you're dude you're so I'm cheerleading again but you're so talented in so many different things man um do you think that they might possibly let you write? For, for this in the future or is that something that 
that you might want to do whatever, or you just happy just for stripping out? Or no, I got a bunch of other writing things going on, so uh, right. I wouldn't I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to write for this particular show just because I I just like the separation because um, I've okay. done it I've done I've act I've starred on shows and written on them before so um, and that's cool. like I put the last OG that was really cool uh, but no I think they I think they got it handled I think they got this is that it covered and plus like on my schedule i'm doing wonder years now so we're gonna get into yeah we're gonna pivot to that yeah. we can't wait to talk about uh, that but really yeah, quick, and was, countless other things so I, like i have to kind of keep myself open as an actor um then put myself in the writer's room you know that'll take me out a little bit and one more question on uh, heels before we get into the awesome other awesome stuff you got going on i was curious is there any yeah. um any inspiration for Rooster? Any wrestler, maybe like The Rock, or any wrestler that is an inspiration for the character of Rooster? Because I, yeah, I was, okay. Edge was actually an uh, inspiration for Ace. Uh, okay, well, no, mine's, mine's for me as in, in me building the character. Now, I don't know what, you know, the writers, Mike's, be the one, both Mike's, um, how they saw it. But what I saw, like I said, it was a mixture of Ric Flair. And 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 Shawn Michaels, as far okay. as like his position in the ring, you know, like like Ric Flair was a is a great was a great heel, but Michaels was a face too. So it's like he's it's a blend. That's why Rooster's kind of like in the in the middle, <laughs> like 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 he's a heel, but it, like it's it, he has a position to be a face. like it's that's the kind of the position that I I wanted to build with uh with Rooster Robin. I love it. I love it. Well, let's get into Wonder Years, my man. You're you're playing yeah. Coach Long. What yeah. can you tell us about this? And this is kind of, it's not a reboot. A lot of people thought, think it's a reboot, but it, um, Fred Savage is actually producing it. So th- it's actually going to tie into the original series, isn't it? Yeah, he's directing. He's directing as well. He directed the pilot. Um, it's it, it's more of a reimagining. It's a it's a show about uh, a, a, a young black boy's perspective in the '60s. Um, with the similarities of what's going on currently with the pandemic, with racial tension, with political affairs on the high, when they were going through the same thing in the 60s, even down to the pandemic. <laughs> so, so you yeah. get to kind of experience this, you know, coming of age story in a different time, but you could tell these relatable stories uh, with all the modern stuff that is happening. So. Uh, I play Coach Long, who is also um, the father to the best friend, to, uh, to his uh, the the best friend, uh, the lead's best friend on the show. So um, I'm I'm definitely different than uh, Dulé's character. I'm more of kind of like the wild card, <laughs> like the wild card coach that is uh, very uh, conscious of the especially the racial tensions that's going on in that particular time. And right. I have no problem voicing my opinion about it. So that's kind of give you a perspective on uh on Coach Long. When 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 you say that, so it it's it's funny because like one thing I get I get a sense about you is like because you would be a great improv person, um correct me if I'm wrong. Um but so in in that sense, do you do a lot of improv things? Do you do you talk to like the directors first, or do you just go with how you feel while you're in character a lot of times, or different shows? It, dep- it depends on the product. It depends on the project. Depends on the character. 
Um, but I often will make adjustments regardless, whether if it's not a full on improv, it may be a how it's said and may I may say it because it may come out funnier this way or it may it be more impactful this way. I may adjust. I, I adjust lines all the time because especially in comedy, you know, once you do it a couple of times, you got to keep it fresh. So you're going to do something different. Um, even if the first two times they worked tremendously, by the third one you might not gonna get that same laugh. So you wanna you wanna keep, you know, the spontaneity, and that's where comedy really kind of lives and being spontaneous. That's where timing is important because the timing has to feel spontaneous. Um, so it all depends, but it's I'm a I'm a mastermind. I'm I'm mega mind when it comes to this acting stuff. That's all I think about. <laughs> that's all, that's all I, I think it. about. I dissect it. I'm 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 really a, a nerd about acting. I'm a, I'm a one big theater kid. <laughs> I love that. Well, let's talk about another reboot. Alan is a uh, House Party. This yeah. is a remake of the 1990 comedy. Tell us how this uh, House Party film is. Is going to uh, I guess is it also reimagining I guess of, yeah it's, a, it's another reimagining like we ain't got we ain't got kid in place you know in there playing you got in, the in high top fade like this time or grown house party yeah like no nah, they ain't, <laughs> they ain't <laughs> fathers trying to sneak a party from the kid no it's a whole another story a whole new group of kids but it just has the same energy as the same type of youthfulness that house party had when it comes to throwing a party you know what I mean like so. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of, you know, these, it seems like every show I'm, I'm on is, is really connected to pop culture. And that's, what's really exciting is house party adds to that list of, you know, those iconic and nostalgic films, uh, and projects that I'm a part of right now. Wow. And it's going to be a contemporary take. It's not going back to the nineties, is it? Yeah, no, no, it's modern. Yeah, it's modern. It's present. What can you say about your character? I didn't see it on IMDb just yet, but I guess it's something yeah, we can't talk I, about just yet. I don't yet. know if I can say much, man. That, you okay. Yeah, he's serious. You know? Yeah, he's serious, man. You know, I, I, I can only tell you what they told you. <laughs> okay. We got Melvin Gregg. We're teamy. You're in good company, yeah, man. Yeah, those are my brothers, man. We, I, I'll tell you this, man. We, we come and kill it. Me and me and my brothers, we come, we come and bring it. Uh, I'm excited to have worked with those guys. I've known them for years through, you know, just other projects or just personal relationships. But this is the first time that we work together. And those three brothers, those two brothers in particular, are phenomenal actors and human beings. And I'm I'm excited for uh, for the world to see what we do as a trio. It's it's calamity. <laughs> that is so dope. And I'm also seeing on your IMDb you're gonna play Ja Rule in something called Scroll Wheel of Time. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I'm doing. I'm on a bunch of stuff, man. Like that was a, uh, it was a quick little kind of. Um, uh, I can see cameo. the Ja Rule. I can see you playing. Yeah, it was ja a Rule. quick little cameo thing. Like it was a cameo thing. Like it was something fun. Like that. It's a, that's a real kind of fun kind of uh, corpy show. Hey, listen, you know, it. you know, I gotta. I gotta hear your Jive Rule voice. Let me hear the Jive Rule. <laughs> Listen, I, yo, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I couldn't even do it right. That was so long ago, man. I can't remember the, what Jive Rule voice that I did. It was like, it was, I think, what did I be without you? I was, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that, that, that was pretty good, man. Right now, but I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, nah, it was fun. I was, man, they shot that maybe like two years ago. Okay. <laughs> so we haven't seen that one yet. 
Also yeah, on Netflix, yeah, yeah. you got some voiceover work. Uh, Maya and and the three. Uh, Rico. Yeah, yeah, Rico. yeah, yeah. Starring um uh me, myself, and uh Zoe Zandana. Like it's nice. It's it's crazy. This that that, that this cartoon is phenomenal. It's loosely the animation is loosely based off Basquiat. Um, oh nice. Jorge Gutierrez is a genius. Um, the animation and just the the work that he put into this project. Again, this is another project that we started two years ago, and that is finally seeing the light of day, and it's breathtaking. Um, wow. And just the 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 Latino talent that we have is yeah, it's monster level. So um, I'm excited. Because you, you're Puerto Rican, you're part Boricua, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Puerto, Puerto Rican and black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My father's from San Juan. You, you, you are what I look like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can play brothers, right? <laughs> That's what they always accuse. Like you Puerto Rican, I just like, ah, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I get it all the time until until I open my mouth. Then they'd be like, nah, he black. He black. Yeah, he's black. <laughs> Do you speak a little Espanol? He got, he got Indian in his family. That's why he got to get the he got, hair. He got, he got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you speak he a little Espanol, Alan? Not to save my life. You can put a gun in my head. I couldn't couldn't get myself out of that. Uh, my Spanish is is trash. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm saying my last name wrong. That's how. That's how bad my Spanish is, man. But you know, my Puerto Rican family—they never, you know, they never judge me any any less. <laughs> oh uh, man, I love black, that man. I'm black from Alabama. I was raised by my mama. Uh, I'm country. I'm country at the at, at the heart. I'm LA uh, on the outside, and um, I'm Harlem, New York in the mind. That's that's how I grew up. So I'm I love it. All of those things. All right. And of course, we have to ask about the upcoming Last OG season four and Black is season eight. What can we expect? I, well, I'm I'm not going to be in the Last OG, unfortunately. Um, and then Blackish, I don't know, man. They, hopefully, they call me. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to I'm trying to be on the finale season uh, okay. for sure. Uh, I definitely don't resemble Curtis at this point with my afro, but we'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah, because you're you're keeping that look. I love that. Yeah. You yeah. Gotta, projects where the hair has uh, been has been needed and you know it's it's actually protected by two contracts right now so i can't really oh <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta you gotta rock the fro for a yeah, minute yeah 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 my hair is protected right now so we, i we love can... it yeah because i watched a little bit of the the season three finale last og and your character was recently arrested and you're you're moving back in with trey um yeah I guess uh, is there a reasoning behind? Uh, is it is it because it's, it's, Alan is way too busy, or is business it business schedule? It's business is schedule. That's that's okay. that's what it was. Um, so yeah, so unfortunately I won't be back, but I will be on heels one day. Well, how many stores do you want me to be on? At one? <laughs> 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 how many stores do you want me to be on at one, bro? You can stay. Alan is everywhere. Is everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> you know, is there a is there a uh, is there a Oh, the general's got a question. General, you're spoken. Go please. General, right, what's, what's, what's the question? What's up? Well, I was gonna I was gonna ask is like uh, looking through you you had such a wide you know kind of a variety of roles. Is there any sort of like genre or type of role that you've never done that you like to do? Wow, that's a good question. Never never done because I've done a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I've played 
I played every character weak, strong, bully, nerd. Uh, Have you done superhero I'm, yet? I haven't done superhero, and I think that's where we're 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 teeing that up. We're definitely teeing that up with just uh, my transformation, my body transformation, just with heels, roosters showing my you know my athleticism as far as uh, being able to do my own stunts and. Right. Yeah, we're definitely right. teeing that up, and that is that is on my you know my list of my to do list is to play a um, you know a superhero of course, but I, I'm uh, that's I, I want I want some challenging very very challenging roles. I'm an actor's actor, like uh, nice. like you, wanna, you, you know wanna play a you, should, you should play. You said what? Which character? Play- Icon. It's a DC character in the Milestone universe. It's kind of a black Superman. I think you could do that. Oh, do you think that's the one? Hey, yeah. we, hey holla, we need to holler at we need to holler at DC ASAP. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we need to holler at him ASAP, man. You said what was the name of that guy again? Icon. Icon. I, I love the name. I love the name. That that sounds fitting. <laughs> right. It's going it's going it's going to go over so well. The general from the loader belt said <laughs> that he should play. Icon. Icon. I'm with it. We, we need to write that up. Start the campaign right now. We're going to start the campaign. I'm about to start right. some photo shops. <laughs> I love it, man. And of Icon. course, uh, have they greenlit um, Heal Season 2 yet? We're still waiting on that. Uh, we're still waiting on that, man. Listen, you, you, you and my bank account is still waiting for <laughs> that. He got some tennis shoes. He got some tennis he trying to buy. He's trying to, he yeah, got some sneakers man, he needs to let grab. Me know. Let me know if I, if I could go ball out on my vacation. Let me, let me, let me, <laughs> <laughs> well, Alan, this well, has been... Uh, I feel like this. Here's one thing for sure. If you get that icon role, you owe the general at least 15%. Oh, listen, hey, listen. Y'all, <laughs> hey, y'all, y'all, y'all know what time it is. Y'all know what time it is. I'm balling out my vacation. Let's know that. Balling out. Right. <laughs> all right. That's all you oh. got to do. Awesome. Well, Alan, wow, this is amazing here on uh, Below the Belt Show, man. This is your second time. You joined us uh, back in 2019, I believe, or 2018 for Last OG. And uh, yeah. we're just happy to have you back, man. Of course, thanks so much. To PR machine for just being amazing, and uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm loving heels, man, loving that show. Oh, thank man, you guys, man. It's cats. always a good time talking with you guys, man. It's always love, man. Anytime, hey, y'all, y'all want me, I'm here, brother. Can't right. wait to see uh, Rooster and the Chicken Head. So before we uh, let you go, <laughs> Al, if you could let us a little promo for us, actually, can you do us in a, a, the Rooster style, maybe, kind of mix okay. it up. Let us know who you are from Stars Heels, maybe in okay. character throughout. Like, you know, the wrestlers do all those promos on the mic. Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay, let me tell you all something. It's Rooster Robbins, um, the best athlete you're going to ever see in the ring. Any, any of these four corners you want me to jump off of, I'm landing on a straight flat. Up and down. One, two, three. It's me, Rooster Robbins, ready to take over the game if you give me the championship belt. Now, let me tell you something. Anybody else wearing that championship belt is unauthentic, un- unreal, and not magical every time they step into that square circle. So if you want entertainment, you want some joy, you want excitement, you make Rooster Robbins champion ASAP. That's all I'm saying. That's all y'all need to know, and I'm dropping the mic. Yes. <laughs> and real quick, Alan, let us know who you are. 
from Stars Heels, and you're on Below the Belt Show and whatever you want to hey, do. What's, I got you. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Alan Maldonado, a.k.a. Rooster Robbins, and you are watching the Below the Belt Show. Rock on. Yes. Yes. Alan, oh, can't man. wait to... Can't wait to see My the upcoming friend. episodes, man. My yes, best yep, 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 you you lying, lying, but you still been <laughs> lying is lying. <laughs> but we best friends. We best friends. We're gonna try to get one. Oh, we'll try to get one more snapshot here. One, two, and three. Alan, <laughs> you're still a little frozen, but we'll hopefully. We'll... At least that's a good picture. Shit, the other one. <laughs> is that a good one? <laughs> That's a good one. That's a better one. That's a better one. Mouth all halfway open. Like, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I love it. Al, thanks so much. No problem. Talk to you soon, my man. We're watching you on heels. Peace out, bro. Peace out, brother. Y'all be good, man. Be good. All right. That was Al Maldonado, man. That was a heck, heck of an interview, man. I love having Juan and, uh, He's like the busiest man in Hollywood, it seems. He's got a lot of stuff going on. So uh, that's, his, that's his tagline, and he's everywhere. Yep, yep. That's, 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 that's his IG right there. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I, so, can't, uh, I, I think I'd be messing up his last name, too. I, 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 I'm so messing up our best friendship. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> Maldonado. Maldonado. Right? Maldonado, yeah. Um, all right, let's just wrap up really quick here on Below the Belt Show. A little bit of cancel culture news. Mike Richards, who was like host of Jeopardy for like one day, they found some crazy uh, things he said in a podcast. Anyways, it didn't end there. He actually got fired from Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune both. So he's like triple canceled, host of Jeopardy and the producer of Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Um, uh, but apparently what he said in these old podcasts were too controversial, man. So you gotta be careful about what you say sometimes, man. I don't know, man. It's just one of those crazy things. Um, and interesting enough, Ken Jennings, who they wanted to originally host Jeopardy as well, before they considered Mike, they actually pulled up some old tweets and there was one tweet that said, nothing is sadder than a hot person in a wheelchair. And, you know, uh, that could be seen as a little controversial, right? I guess, you know, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so that's- you know, see, that's how I feel about this show. See, once I once I finally am a household name, they're going to pull up <laughs> below the belt show and be like, remember when you said <laughs> you smash yeah. anything, smash whatever ass the night. Remember That's you were saying that? That's the swat the swat team, yeah. No, trust me, it's not, people aren't really offended. It's people, it's people, they go out and they try to find anything they can find on somebody who, like, gets put in the public eye. That way they feel powerful about, you know, seeing this person's um, life get destroyed. That's all it is. Like, nobody, I mean, if you're digging... If you're digging through a podcast from eight years ago or you're digging through tweets from eight years ago, you're not really offended. You're trying to find something on somebody to get them fired. You know, you're not saying the person should have said anything in the first place, but they're, they're digging for it. They're trying to find anything they can find. That way they're like, oh, look at me. I got somebody canceled. You know, I'm a powerful person. That's what that's all it is. Yeah, but uh, it 
still, I mean, yeah, he was a powerful person, Chachi. I mean, he was the producer of both Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. No, I'm saying the people, the people who canceled him feel powerful. Oh, the people that canceled him. Yeah, that 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 dig through stuff and try to find something to to bring it to light. Yeah. Because you know they're doing nothing in their life, so they like somehow get satisfaction of trying to destroy other people's lives. But see, you know what? I feel like it should be an instant thing, like. Like, whoever it is, they got somebody canceled, should instantly go under the microfine glass. Like, all right, well, you found this on that person. Let's 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 put you under a microscope and see what's going right. on. What, what like, skeletons yeah. are in your closet, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect, man. A lot of people. Nobody's perfect, dude. Some people are freaks, perfect. you know. Some people do some crazy stuff, man. You know. I I have. I have wore underwear for a whole week before. I admit it. <laughs> underwear, whole week. God Holy smokes! Holy that was, underwear. That was from the hood phase, not the Hollywood phase, right? <laughs> Sometimes it gets rough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done with the the, the stuff. We just got to give a couple uh, R.I.P. shout outs. Sadly, we lost Ed Asner. That that amazing promo we played in the beginning. We were. Yeah. Fortunate enough to have Ed Asner on Below the Belt show. He's from the Mary, Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, you wow. might remember him from Up. Yeah, and of I course, gotta, I got a tweet. I got to um, text my friend that he was a really close friend of my co-host in Wonder Woman, the guy um, uh, Flat Top. Remember? Remember? Oh, man, Flat um, Top uh, knew Ed Asner pretty well too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, and of course, yeah, um, yeah Ed actually is um, going to be uh, in the upcoming Cobra Kai season four. Oh, yeah. I is. believe he shot his episode. Yeah, I believe. I'm not, I'm not oh, positive. Awesome. I think he awesome. did. I hope so. He but, plays, uh, he played, he played Johnny's father. In Johnny's stepfather. stepfather. Yeah, yeah. Stepfather. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's also role. he was also the voice in like a million superhero cartoons in the 90s. Oh, <laughs> and like just about every single one. And it's interesting that Charles Sherman, we've got to give a shout to Charles. He's yeah, he was publicist. still working at that old age, you know, that's great. He was still working, but Charles Sherman, who's given us a lot of talent here on Below the Belt Show for interviews, he's actually um, Ed Asner's publicist, said that he died of natural causes at his home in Tarzana. So, oh, wow. yeah, rest, rest in, in peace. Rest in peace. Ed Asner, he's, he's, he's solid, man, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, we also... Um, a lot of heartfelt tweets, but, you know, um, of course, he's such a legend. Uh, Brick Bronski, one-time wrestler who appeared in uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, and three other films for Troma Entertainment. I uh, saw that Kabuki. movie. That's a you fun movie. You saw that? Yeah. That's like, <laughs> that came out, like, in that the 80s. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, that's, it's a ridiculous movie, but it's, like, it was fun as hell. I remember seeing that in high school. <laughs> well, he died of COVID-19, guys, so oh, sadly enough, it, it is still currently a pandemic. We thought we are at the end of this, but sadly, that is not the case. Um, uh, also, the death of Matthew Mindler. He's the young child star known for Our Idiot Brother. Sadly, had died uh, of suicide. He was found dead after being reported missing from his university, and apparently, sadly, um, he was found, um, passed away. Sadly, wow. in life. Yeah. Of course, with death, we all we all have to celebrate life. Okay, but you um you didn't talk about the um drummer from the band Iron Butterfly. 
We talked about the drummer from the Rolling Stones last week, but there's another drummer that passed away that we should Yeah, yeah, out. like the um, group Iron Butterfly. Um, if you know the song, In the God of the Vida. Like, um, he was one of the most iconic um, drum solos, I think, of any song. Um, yeah, that song's like 15 minutes long. Yeah, oh, yeah. wow. He has a, an amazing drum solo in the middle. And, um, you know, I remember it myself, um, the song, greatly, because, like, um, was in middle school like the big thing like on a friday night would be going to the skating rink and like you know i was waiting for my dad to come pick me up you know after the skating rink closed and he would he would come by and for whatever reason like every friday night at that same time this one local station um would play in the god of vida so that song was always playing when he picked me up um every week so i always remember that so the drummer oh, um, wow the drummer was um ron bushy Ron Bushy. Ron Bushy. Okay. Yeah, Rest he in pe- passed away August 29th. Rest in peace, Ron Bushy, as well. And, of course, with death, we celebrate life for those uh, that are above ground. Like, uh, say congratulations to Emily Van Camp of um, Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier and the resident. She just welcomed a daughter, her first child, with her husband, John. And, of course, birthday shout-outs for those uh, with another year around the sun includes Lily Tomlin, who's 82. Um, we also uh, say happy birthday to Dr. Phil, TV talk show host. Uh, Gloria, 71. 71, wow. Gloria Stefan is 64. She looks great. She looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I saw her uh, at the Kennedy Center White House, on, um, Kennedy Center Honors. Yeah. Scott Speedman from Felicity's 46. And Zoe Lister-Jones from New Girl and Life in Pieces is 39. Um, yeah, that's birthdays today. Um, oh, Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees, 75. Missed him. Um, so happy birthday uh, for those celebrating birthday on September 1st. So, man, this is a uh, Below the Belt show, man. Another episode in and uh, wrapping up. Uh, we kind of got caught up in the Alan, you know, bringing on Alan. So we will talk more about Walking Dead next week. We'll save that for next week, Chachi, because I know that you... Unless you have time to talk a little bit about no, it. No, no, I'm good, I'm good. You're good, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about episodes three and four next week, because technically episode three drops this Sunday, and we're kind of talking ahead of it because we have AMC+. Plus. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, so well, that concludes another episode of BTB. Uh, before we wrap up, anybody got albums dropping, movies to promote, social media? Um, craziness cool stuff throw it away i know uh, uh lion you got always got stuff going on yeah yeah i i'm gonna keep it short because i i gotta get up in four hours um but uh so just gotta roll on we own the city uh my character's name yes. is yes yeah so, yes that is awesome congratulations yeah. man appreciate it um so yeah yeah i'm 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 excited about that um like i said I got a role, uh, lead role in a movie called The Realtor. Um, I'm the the main character that goes from real estate to wrestling and combines the two. Um, uh, that's what your boy actually, uh, Chad Morton. And, yes. Um, yeah. What and also, be joining us in Hustle um, with Adam Sandler filming in Philadelphia. So, yep. Nice. Good, is that good. a is that um feature principle or something else? So it's feature. It's feature. 
they they kind of switched it around a little bit. So I don't they're they I'm not doing the the vending things. So now I'm going to be doing uh, featured as far as the the oh, security thing. It's it's mainly because I said yeah before about it and now like i'm like i'm sitting there like i don't want to do now i think i feel like i'm too good now like i'm like uh i got all these principal roles why am i here <laughs> like no i don't feel like that I, I i actually tell my students in acting class i'll say listen it's better to be doing nothing on set and getting paid for it and network opposed to doing nothing at home there you go <laughs> so, yeah those are good words my man of course, check out Lion on social media and uh, at Lion Beck with everything, right? <laughs> is that what yeah, it is? All right. Well, thanks so much. SWAT. I'd like to thank you. And the SWAT team, uh, the man himself from the hood to Hollywood, Lion Beck with thank you so much for joining BTB. I'd like to thank, of course, yeah. Mike the General Azad, the Persian oh. Prince of Pop Culture. I'd like <laughs> to thank, of course, the King of the 80s, Chachi McFly, celebrating the anniversary on Below the Belt Show. Yeah, like, thanks for a great 20 years. If I'm here, sitting right here in 20 years from now, then please shoot, shoot me. Shoot you? Shoot yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. If I'm on some kind of, like, virtual, like, you know, virtual, virtual reality you, 3D you podcast. Know, you guys are so great. You and the general, like, you guys have so, I mean, you're, you're so intelligent, and you guys have such a vast knowledge of so many things. You know what I mean? You, you guys are awesome. Well, thank thanks. You so much. Thank Those you. are kind words, man. Thank Those are very man. kind words. Not you, Al. They're all lies, but they're kind words. <laughs> so we're ending tonight. It's high praise indeed. Thank you, Lion. We're ending tonight with a cool cut and two interviews from Awesome Con in Washington, D.C. Chachi's interview with the animator from all our childhood shows, Super Friends, He-Man, She-Ra, Smurfs, Hanna-Barbera. His name is Tom Cook, followed by my interview with glamour artist Todd Napier. And, of course, the cool cut to close the show was a show we got to check out. My first concert since the pandemic. I was excited to be at a show, man. One of my favorite bands from the 90s is Garbage. Shirley Manson is a goddess. Happy When It Rains was one of my favorite songs. Of course, number one crush from the Romeo and Juliet movie. Yes. Um, but we, we've played that on the show before, so I think we're going to close with a cool you're gonna, cut. You're going to play queer? No. <laughs> no, I think happy when I'm it rains. on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's raining outside. Let's play yeah. happy when it rains. That's good. You yeah. Know, we, had, we had a um, tornado today Her- and like a hurricane, but. So Since we're in the eye of the hurricane. So. Yeah. so here's garbage followed by. The two great interviews um, at Awesome Con to close out tonight's show. On behalf of everybody here, thank you so much, Al Maldonado. Check out Heels on Stars and the upcoming House Party reboot and the upcoming Wonder Years reboot. So he's got a lot going on. So uh, on that note, we will see you guys next week. Until then. Peace. Peace. Wakanda forever. All right. Wakanda forever. <laughs> I'm only happy when it rains.
Hey guys, Chachi McFly here at Awesome Con. And I'm standing next to a legend who I think he pretty much animated my entire, entire childhood. As you see here, this is Tom Cook. How you doing, Tom? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm looking around at your body of work. It's just really incredible. I, I can't believe it. Like you, like the Super Friends, He-Man, She-Ra, Flintstone, Scooby-Doo, um, Roger Rabbit. Like, how'd you get involved in all this? Well, I started back in 78, uh, that's 1978, okay. and uh, I was a bus driver in L.A. Wow. And uh, took a class in comic book art, and the teacher worked at Hanna-Barbera, and next thing you know, I got hired at Hanna-Barbera based on my superhero drawings that he liked. Wait, so were you, like, a, as a child, um, drawing a lot? Or yeah. Okay. Yeah, I used to draw a lot because... I really fell in love with Marvel Comics, so I was Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. So I had all these drawings and I showed my teacher, and he worked at Hanna-Barbera as a storyboard artist, and he said they've got a class that teaches basic animation, and I could recommend you for the class. Would you like that? And I said, oh my gosh, yes. And so I was in the class for three weeks and they hired me out of the class. And, and Hanna-Barbera is big time. How, how do you feel when you get the call that Hanna-Barbera said we want to hire you? Oh, I mean, it was just unbelievable. The nervous part was I didn't know what I was doing yet. <laughs> and they said, well, you're going to sit with an animator. You'll be his assistant. Okay. And you'll learn that way. So, and luckily, you know, it took. So what was your first project um, in Hanna-Barbera? Super Friends. Wow. So your first project is Super Friends. That's amazing. And that's the reason I was hired is because of the superhero drawings I did. And he said, we have a lot of people can animate Fred and Barney and Scooby-Doo, but they have trouble with a human figure. And I really like your drawings, and that's how I got in. So, like a Super Friends cartoon is probably what, like 22 minutes after commercials. Um, how long would it take you to animate like one show? Well, there was about 60 animators, wow. and then at that point, I was an assistant. And there were probably another 60 assistants. Uh, so, but we had to do a show every like week, week and a half. And uh, with He-Man, we had to do more than a show a week because there's 52 weeks in a year and there were 65 wow. episodes per year. One year, wow. So that's when things really got got hot. We were really, really moving hard and fast. I mean, He-Man, one of the most iconic cartoons like ever for kids, yeah. you know, it launched the whole entire toy line and now they keep bringing it back with different um, animated styles. What's your yes. <laughs> What's your opinion on the new animated styles of these new He-Man um, reboots? Okay, well, uh, I've been to Dubai I've been to Ecuador, I've been to Mexico City. They love He-Man, okay? So you have billions of fans all over the world, so let's do a reboot and completely change it so all the fans are gonna hate it. <laughs> yes. It just makes no sense. Do one and make it like the old Filmation show, right. and any updates you make is just make it a little bit more for adults because those five-year-old kids that it was meant for are now 45. So make it for 45-year-olds, use the same sort of ideas and characters and make really good stories, and the entire world will love it. But they keep changing it, and it just doesn't work. 100% agree with you. It seems like they always, like, almost despise the original fans of a series. They want brand new fans, and they don't care about the old fans, but they still want to use the properties that old fans loved. And, of so. course, the silly thing about that is the new fans don't buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. The old fans, I mean, I come here and I sell so much He-Man stuff. I mean, I bring the toys, I got the pops. Everybody wants an autographed version of that. And uh, 
So He-Man is as big as ever with the 45-year-old crowd, give or take a year or two. So, so Were you on board from the original He-Man episodes? Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I started at Filmation in 1981, and we worked on Flash Gordon, Tarzan, and Bra uh, Blackstar. And then after Blackstar was over, we were worried because we really didn't have anything to do. And all of a sudden, Lou Scheimer, the head of the studio, came and said, we're going to be doing this new show called He-Man. And our first reaction was, He-Man? That's kind of like a, a funny name for a guy that works out, you know? Right, right. But once we saw the characters and stuff, we said, oh, you know, this could be a pretty good show. And, you know, it was probably the biggest show ever. I mean, we sold like a billion dollars worth of toys and everything in two years. That's so. the thing, like you get you talked about other shows you worked on, like it could be like one season for a cartoon, you never right. know. Did you know from the beginning that He-Man was gonna be such a huge phenomenon that people are still talking about it well, today? And a normal season of like Scooby-Doo or whatever it was 13 episodes, because it was just shown on Saturday morning. Right. Well, He-Man was on Monday through Friday. Right. So that's why we had to do 65 episodes for a season. So even though it only ran two seasons, 130 episodes is 10 years worth of animation that we did in two years. So uh, we really, and then they decided to do She-Ra so they could kind of keep He-Man in it, right. but still give something for the, the young girls to aspire to. And I've had many uh, like actresses, uh, like Summer Glau from Firefly. Oh, cool. In her panel, she mentioned that Shira was her favorite thing growing up. Wow. So I went over and gave her a, a autographed drawing of Shira, and oh, she okay, was cool. excited as heck. <laughs> and there's been a number of other people too that that's what really got them excited about uh, being a woman, you know, back in the back in the 80s. So do you have like one character from He-Man that was your favorite to animate? Yeah, well, my favorite to animate was Orko. Orko, yes. I and, Orko. and the reason is. He didn't have legs, so I didn't make him walk. I just could float, float in. Float, yes. So much easier animation. Now, when you're animating, did you give any input in what the, how the storyline goes, or like any kind of like how the, the characters look at all? No, the uh, the designs were already made for the toys, right? Yeah, yeah and yeah. the the stories were already written. Storyboards were already made, so we had to follow the storyboard. Uh, the only thing that we had is they gave us a cassette tape with the voice track, uh, because the voices are done first. Because uh, if you don't have a voice, you don't know what to animate. So, like I would say, if, if Skeletor was saying, look out in the storyboard, well, that doesn't tell you, you know, is he going, look out, or is he going, look out! Right, right. So we have to hear. So that way, we get an idea of what we want to draw. So basically, I'm the actor. You know, the voice gives me the voice, but then I listen to the voice, and I figure out what I want him to do while he's acting. And... Uh, that was kind of fun for me because I'm the type of guy that I, I love acting and stuff, but I'm too shy to get up in front of a camera and act in a play or something. But to be able to do it behind the scenes in, in drawings was perfect for me. And like some of the other characters, I mean, you John the Super Friends right now, like you know, everything everything's about the um, yeah. superheroes now, like. What's your opinion on the new like DC movies, the new Marvel movies, compared to the cartoons that you used to animate? Yeah, you know, everything, uh, it's nice that they finally are doing good movies, because back in the 60s they tried, and whoever was in charge of the, of the studios didn't seem to understand comic books or superheroes, and they always made them stupid. Right. 
No, even though I was thrilled that there was a Batman TV show, it really made Batman uh, for a while in the comics. They changed it to be more like the TV show. More slapstick. Yeah, so they yeah. kind of took it out of the what it was, and now it's finally gone back to being what it was meant to be. But we still love Batman, but I sure wish it would have been done more realistically instead of the, the comedy. Right, so if you had any of your characters, you could bring them back and have like a new series, yeah, I what would it be? this all the time. Yes. Thundar the Barbarian. Okay. That was my favorite show I've ever worked on. Right. Uh, I got to meet Jack Kirby, who was one of the creators oh, of the show. Yes. And of course, he's one of the reasons I wanted to learn to draw awesome. as a little kid. So getting to know Jack Kirby, and I mean, he even gave me his phone number and address and said, come over to the house. So cool. And uh, so it was just great. But the show was really an excellent show. If you've never seen it, uh, I always tell people, if you've seen Thundar, yeah. that's your favorite show. Okay, I have to check it out, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, how does it feel now, like, I mean, you're basically everybody's childhood. How does it feel about look back on your life, you know? You're still working and you're still doing great, but just knowing that you influenced so many kids and so many future artists and so many, this pop culture. We're here at, you know, AwesomeCon, and, you know, and so much pop culture is stuff that you worked on directly in your own life. How does that feel? I mean, it feels great because when I was a kid, I grew up with Yogi Bear, Huckleberry right. Hound, Quick Draw McGraw, and then eventually Johnny Quest. Yeah. And so I'm a fan. So when fans come up to see me, I know what they're feeling because that's what I felt when I was a kid. It's just really strange that it's me, you know? <laughs> so to have these people want my autograph and everything is kind of silly to me, but I understand it because, you know, I wanted Jack Kirby's autograph and he was probably feeling the same way. You know, I just drew comic books. <laughs> But, uh, but it's great and AwesomeCon is, uh, this has been a terrific Comic-Con. I mean, we've, every Comic-Con I've done since the pandemic has been a little bit better than normal. Right. This was over the top better than normal. Awesome, awesome. And good uh, to be back, right? Awesome, awesome, you got <laughs> it. <laughs> Guys, the great Tom Cook. I mean, what a, what a career. I mean, it's a, people can only dream of this kind of career in their life, so it's amazing that you achieved it. If you don't mind, can you let us know who you are and you're listening to Blow the Belt Show and click on this show. So Blow the Belt Show, click on this show. Do, I will do what? <laughs> Just let, let them know who you are and say you're, you're um, watching. Click on this show, okay. Click on this show? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, this is Tom Cook, click on this show. And say who you are and what you do. I was an animator and a director on a lot of different TV series, He-Man, Super Friends, Scooby-Doo, and uh, so be sure to click on this show. Thank you so much, it's amazing, thank you. Thank you. All right, Al Soto, click on this show, still at Awesome Con with Todd Napier, an amazing artist, and if you've seen his work, um, maybe not for kids in some regards, but certainly very eye-catching. Todd, are you happy to be here at Awesome Con? I am, this is my second time here, obviously, due to unforeseen circumstances, last year was canceled, but. It's good to be back here for 2021 Awesome Con, so yeah. Yes. The thing about your artwork, I think it's very uh, reminiscent of some of the early 90s, uh, early 2000s comic book was when that was kind of the rage. Um, curious on your thoughts uh, of the, the style, the, the sexiness style that's kind of maybe had some criticism from, you know, the SJWs and things like that. Do you have any opinion on that? Yeah, true. It's funny you bring up the 90s because back then when McFarlane and Life and those guys broke yeah. away from Marvel and DC, started Image. That's yeah. when I started getting on board right. and really following a lot of those guys' work. And then as I progressed and got older, my 
my my skills kind of got you know polished. It's kind of ended up doing more of the women, uh, and and I'm doing more of taking like a lot of the superheroes and making them that aren't women characters, making them just to give some different characters that normally wouldn't be out there. Um, you know, whether it be stuff from video games to comic books to everything in between. So, yeah. but I I mean. I don't get too much backlash, believe it or not. Um, maybe more so from families with children, but it's expected. Um, but you know, I, I just continue to do what I do because I do have a, a good following of people that do love that stuff. So, and, and we certainly love your stuff. And I mean, Smurfette. I mean, I, think, I don't think we've ever seen Smurfette drawn in that way before. No, no, <laughs> not quite. You're, you're not going to see anything like that. And. That's what I try to do. I try to do stuff that's different that people don't see because I think people like to buy different. Vampirella has been drawn a thousand different ways. Lady Death, I mean, you can go on and on and say about that, but you know, the Smurfette, again, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see that. And you're gonna see many people draw Smurfette very well. Right. Um, but again, different is where I try to separate myself from everybody else because it's very, very competitive out here. Okay. Now, um, can you tell us your art artistic inspirations? other artists that kind of influenced your work? Yeah, I mean, a lot of my inspirations come from, you know, I mean, everybody says it, but McFarlane was a huge inspiration for me. Yeah. What he did with Spider-Man, there, there's a there's a classic tale of someone who took something and made it different, whether it's the spaghetti webbing that may put him on the map. Yes. But this guy, also, you read his backstory, he never gave up. He's been rejected so many times, but he hung in there, and now look at him, he's got this successful business he's yes. working on a movie script for his yes. next movie so, 300 he would, issues. Yeah. so he would be somebody i would say was a huge inspiration uh and and you know all those guys from image because i going back to talking about the 90s jim lee um yes. you know sylvester from top cow all those guys were were big inspirations for me i love that and of course i see some other artwork where you actually are very good at um being inspired by other animation styles so it's kind of like a i mean the harley quinn is just really right on point with the animated series yeah, so we I see do, on hbo max you get a lot of people anime is just a world yeah. of its own so if i can i try to do something with that whether it's uh, tokyo gold stuff that i like it's not necessarily what everybody likes you know my hero academia is another big one one punch man stuff like that yes. so i try to stay universal as far as bringing some of that not a lot of it but mm -hmm. there will be some people that like that stuff Awesome. Well, um, tell us where we can find you uh, on the internet, uh, social media. Oh, yeah, plug I'm away, on, plug away. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on Facebook. Uh, it's under Todd Napier Art, and you can find me as well under Todd Napier Art on Instagram. Those are my two big ones that I go on. Okay. You can find me on Art Station if you want to check out my portfolio, and my website is toddnapierart.com. I have a shop set up there, so you can also go on there and and, and purchase all my prints that you see here at the show. There you go, Todd Napier. Wow, which model or actress will come very closest to your Mary Jane? If you had to put put her in the center, which actress would you choose? Oh, that's that's tough. Um, you know, Scarlett Johansson wouldn't be far from that. Yes. I mean, <laughs> if, if you had a guess, even though she's having problems with Marvel right now, shh, yeah. we'll keep that on the down low. But <laughs> she would be the runner-up. Awesome. You know, she, if you put her in a poll, she probably would take it with no contest. <laughs> I love it. Right? Right. I agree. Todd, thanks so much for talking with us here. I'll click on this. Yes. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. 
This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.